Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Chris Hart and Gary Dittman, the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. Animals time on ESPN Honolulu. Let's uh, start out with our uh, top stories for today. Uh, we will get Marcus Mariota has been released by the he's been cut by the Atlanta Falcons. We'll get into that in a second. UH baseball loses a heartbreaker in San Diego yesterday, down to the wire, but the Bows fall to uh, three and two to the San Diego State Aztecs. Three to two, uh, they lose. And uh, I did say three to two. I said three and two, uh, but oh, maybe <laughs> a tough loss where they had the bases loaded in the ninth inning with only one out, and uh, next two batters both struck out. So I guess it wasn't meant to be yesterday. We know San Diego State's a pretty good baseball team, but when you have you know one out, you think you can manufacture one run uh, to tie the game up. And they did get two runs. Both of their runs scored on pass balls in the seventh inning. So one thing about Rich Hill's teams we've seen since day one, they manufacture runs by getting hit by pitches. Dallas Duarte got hit by a pitch in the ninth inning. They load the bases. Uh, two pass balls score the run. So they, they scratch and claw to get runs across. Just uh, one of those games that they just couldn't finish it off in the ninth inning. And like you said, after the game, he wish they could have saved some of the runs from Sunday for yesterday. Yeah, like you said, it wasn't bet to be. So, yeah, you want to start? You want to start? Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got Rainbow Warrior Volleyball tomorrow. Pepperdine is coming to town. Yeah, number seven in the country, and they are a big upgrade from what Hawaii has played over the last two weeks, especially with LIU, a new team in college volleyball. So it'll be a tougher test. And, you know, they're getting ready for the tur- outrigger tournament coming up the week after. you got UCLA, Penn State coming. The schedule does get tougher before Big West play starts. All right, uh, let's see. This is the season where quarterbacks get released. Uh, Yesterday we saw the commanders release Carson Wentz because basically nobody likes him. But unfortunately, the Atlanta Falcons cut Marcus Mariota to save some money. He's a quality backup, but I think it's definitely just a cap move. Cap move, but I don't think this is surprising. I mean, it's final, but I don't think anybody would have thought anything other than them cutting him before the cutoff day, which I'm not sure if it's March 1st or 4th. Free agency starts in the 15th, but I don't think we're surprised the way his season ended in Atlanta that he was probably going to be let go at some point. Now we wonder what's next, who's next, where will he end up? I certainly don't think he's done in football, of course, but uh, and I'm sure there'll be a team that'll want him before Carson Wentz, and hopefully he'll end up with the New York Jets. Oh, I don't wish you don't wish that on Marcus, do you? Come on, what are you yeah. rooting against Marcus Mariota for? I hope he ends up on the Jets. He'd be a good backup for them. They'll get a young quarterback, or maybe a veteran, uh, probably more so a veteran. But I would, you know, I think, he, like you said, he'll be a quality backup. It's just you didn't think of that when he came out after winning the Heisman that he would spend the majority of his career as a backup. That wasn't what people would 
foresee his future to be, and unfortunately it's played out like that. But at least he's still in the NFL. Some guys don't even last. I mean, there have been Heisman Trophy winners that you know have had worse careers than Marcus has. So hopefully there's still some football left in him that he could show people that he's still pretty good. Um, so Marcus uh, threw this past year 61% completions, 2,219 yards. I think he had how many starts? 13 starts? Yeah, something like that. Uh, 15 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, 85 carries, 438 yards, uh, 4 rushing touchdowns. I mean, look, this guy's still got football left in him. He's, you know, going to have to prove himself all over again. Um, you know, the don't the Jets have Joe Flacco? They're not going to keep him. I think that's already been written that he will not be with the Jets any longer. I mean, he's just... Too old and uh, not part of their future. That's what I've read. I mean, it's not official yet, I don't think, but he's not going to be back from what I saw. I think Marcus Mariota gets picked up pretty quick. I'd love to see him go somewhere at at the very least and use him how John Gruden used him with the Raiders. Uh, You know, he plays a little bit. You know, he gets in on some running plays. Because, I mean, Marcus Mariota has what a lot of backups, you know, a guy like Joe Flacco doesn't have. The guy still has athleticism. The guy is a leader in the locker room. He's a grinder. He works hard. We know that. So, you know, this isn't just, this isn't um, Marcus is from Hawaii. So let's talk about all the bad things that happened to him in his career. Look, what happened to him in his career, I'm not going to blame this on, oh, look at all the, the offensive coordinators in Tennessee. Well, you had a chance with the Raiders. That didn't work out. Well, it was a backup. But you had another chance. This was your chance with the Falcons. And, you know, for whatever reason, that didn't work out. Uh, you know, the, 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 the organization didn't throw nine interceptions in 13 games this year. That was on Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota was throwing interceptions in, uh, towards the end of his tenure in Tennessee. I, I don't blame that on the offensive coordinator. I mean, he had plenty of talent around him in Tennessee. Look at how they did with Ryan Tannehill taking over, Right. Yeah, so, you know, it's it, it's a bummer, you know, but look, the um, it, they were able to get the job done. They, they were better off. Look, they were better off without Marcus Mariota in Tennessee. As far as in wins and losses go, you can't deny that. No, immediately when Tannehill took over, they were better. He also, with Marcus, this year had one week where he was NFC Offensive Player of the Week. Yeah, like the first week or second week. It was the very beginning of the season. So that was once, but it, it kind of went downhill after the first couple of games for Marcus, which is unfortunate. Um, now, you might say, well, he didn't have any weapons around him or whatever it was. Look, there's a lot of quarterbacks in that same situation. Marcus Mariota is only 29 years old, and he's, you know, Marcus can help an organization, and Marcus has made plenty of money, and I think he's going to make plenty more money. There's nothing, you know, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be ashamed of being a backup quarterback in the NFL. Who knows? Maybe Marcus, you know, the, the best coaches in the NFL, some of the best coaches in college in the NFL are backup quarterbacks. Maybe that, that that's a future for Marcus Mariota. I tell you what, it's a lot healthier. <laughs> it's a lot healthier to be a backup quarterback and still make your millions because backup quarterbacks are making three, four, five million dollars a year. Yeah, I think it wasn't Chad Pretty Haney good work if you can find it. Yeah, 
I, I think the perception would be when he again when he came out of Oregon with all the numbers he put sure. up winning the Heisman yeah. that he would have a better NFL career. So I think it is disappointing. Uh, however, you however you want to look at it, but there are a lot of teams that are going to need backups. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent in Miami. Uh, would the Miami Dolphins get Marcus? I mean, I haven't heard anything yet. It's way too soon. But oh, that there would are a number so cool. of teams that would be would that great. Be cool? That, that would, would be cool. I mean, yeah, that would be. I think Gardner Minshew is out of his. Uh, for some reason, people are saying he's not going to be back in Philly. I don't know exactly why. Yeah, but, I've heard that. It must be a contract thing or something. I've heard yeah. that too. But there are other. There, they're going to be. There's going to be teams that are going to want him. And again, he's going to come rather. Uh, inexpensive compared to a guy like Derek Carr or Daniel Jones. Of course, those guys are starters. So right. I, I agree with what you said a few minutes ago. He'll find work rather quickly. Hopefully it'll be the real, a really good fit. And as a backup, you don't know how much he's going to play. But, again, I think nobody should think he's done in the NFL. He's not in that, he's not in that category at all, not at all. So it's not like his future is over. So we'll just have to see what's next for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, a the, some of the uh, monumental draft busts. I've just Googled right now, just for fun, draft busts. Mm. And here's an article from June 10th in 2022. Uh, this is, I don't know what, a, a, a site called Stadium Talk. Heisman Trophy winners who are NFL busts. Uh, and, and I scroll down, number 15 of all time. Oh, Marcus Mariota. Number 14, Gary Beban from 1967. You were in the front row at some of those games. He won a high school. Number 13, Archie Griffin. Ah, you could say Archie Griffin was a big-time draft bust. Number 12, Ron Dane. Yeah. Number 11, John Capaletti. Oh, I remember him. Number 10, Jameis Winston. Hey, we're not, Marcus isn't the biggest bust as Jameis Winston, at least. On the list, number nine is RG3. Number eight, Baker Mayfield. Number seven, Sam Bradford. Huh? Sure. Much was expected of Sam Bradford, but he made so much money. Number six, Tim Tebow. Number five, Andre Ware. I think Andre Ware was just ahead of his time, honestly. Num- oh, number four, the late, uh, we got a chance to meet this guy, uh, Rashan Salam, running back out of uh, Colorado, right, right for yes, Chicago. Yes, yeah. He passed away, but he came by the radio station one time. Oh, number three, hey, 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 there it is. Number three, Heisman draft bust of all time, NFL bust of all time. It is Johnny Manziel. Show me the money, Johnny. Oh, you're so cool, Johnny. Oh, here's one. Undeniable. Towards the top of the list. Can you guess? No, I can't right now. Matt Leinert. Oh, okay. Hot tub boy. Yes. It's a hot tub time machine. And number one, he was one of Gary's favorites from Oregon State. Oh, I remember it was back in 1963. You were just uh, graduating from high school. Oregon State quarterback Terry Baker. I ba- vaguely I don't remember know who him. that is. I vaguely remember really? the name. I, I just know the name. I, I know he like won a high years, Right, but you must have been like 10 years old when he was no, kind I of playing. <laughs> what? No, when he was playing. Oh, when he was playing in the NFL, hard. if he lasted yeah. that long, he'd have to be in the yeah. NFL eight, nine years or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, let's see. 
Terry Baker never made a Pro Bowl. He was a 1962 Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, we only you probably don't remember him because he was he was out of the league by 1966. But he uh, he had three seasons in the NFL. He never threw a touchdown pass. He was selected number one by the Los Angeles Rams. That was back when the Rams used to actually have draft choices. Uh, he actually made good use of his time outside of football. He earned a law degree from USC. He played one more season of pro football with the Edmonton Eskimos in the CFL before returning to Oregon to start his own law firm. So there you go. Terry hey, th- Baker. Terry Baker. Number think one of that. Bust. At a, besides Baker, who we're not really aware of, the other 14 mm-hmm. we are aware of, and they were really good, really good college players. Did anybody think that any of those guys, let alone all of those guys, would be flops, failures, however you want to describe them in the NFL. I mean, you know what happens every now and then, but I thought Archie Griffin as an example. I thought he would be a really good NFL player, if not a great NFL player, and he wasn't. A lot, I mean, Robert Griffin, that year at Baylor that he had was just unbelievable. I know injuries were part of his deal. Tebow I wasn't yeah. sure of. I thought Tebow would be better. But a lot of those guys, even Manziel. I mean, I, Manziel was the attitude and everything. Yeah, show me the money and all that stuff. But he was uh-huh. great in college. Those guys were fantastic in college, The list, except for Baker that I'm not really aware of. Matt Leinert didn't have a real strong arm. He had a great offensive line, a great defense, two superstar college running backs behind him he had everything around him and uh norm chow which is you know i'm not i'm no but i'm serious yeah i I know i was a great offensive coordinator i mean he had the best coaching he had everything going for look usc got all that money could buy in those last (laughs) couple of years yes and and he flourished it's just he, he, he you know what it comes down to you look at this a lot of this is work ethic it's a lot of this are these guys are great, but they're um, true. You know, they didn't they didn't they they, they weren't workers. Johnny Leiner Manziel. Manziel. Yep, that's true. Johnny that's true. Manziel wanted to party. Johnny Manziel was into being in Hollywood. Yep. The running backs. I don't know what would really happen. I think Andre Ware coming from a June Jones type of offense way back in 1989. I don't think people really got it. Um, the uh, Tim Tebow. What an athlete. But Tim Tebow could just manhandle you. He would just, he could put the entire team on his back. You know what? Today, Tim Tebow could carry an entire team on his back and will you to victory. I mean, the guy was just a stud. In my mind, Tim Tebow is the best college football player ever. It's almost like he didn't win the Heisman more than once because of voter fatigue. Um, Sam Bradford. Now, here's a guy that tried. He was injured all the time. Yeah. RG3 would have been great if RG3 didn't get injured. RG3 was flashing, man. I mean, he was he was an up-and-coming guy. And True. he just, you know, those injuries, he was never, ever, ever the same. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I don't know what's wrong with Baker Mayfield. I don't think he's a me guy, is he? No, I don't think, though. I mean, he's very outgoing. That's one way to describe him, but I don't think he's selfish. And he seemed yeah. like a team player. But And, and it yes. wasn't the injuries that curtailed his career. And it's not over for him yet, but he's not worthy of being the number one pick in a Heisman Trophy winner as far as what you've seen over his tenure in the NFL. Not not quite. Well, he's worthy of being a Heisman Trophy winner no, because, but, I mean, I mean, and what a great story. You can't yeah. say that somebody like Baker Mayfield all of a sudden lost his work ethic. 
I mean, here's a guy that walked on to Texas A&M, became a starter, transfers to Oklahoma, walks on, becomes a starter again, and wins the Heisman Trophy. Those guys don't all of a sudden go into the NFL and stop working. I don't know what it is with Mayfield, but... No, but his NFL career didn't show what the player he was in college at all. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, in college, he totally deserved that he was that guy. Uh, That happens a lot in college football. You see guys that are the best in college, and you get a guy like Tom Brady. He wasn't the greatest in college, but he turned out to be the greatest in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, 18 minutes after the hour. Let's check our traffic this morning here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Good morning. Pal Eldridge is going to join us in about 10 minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, The big story today so far is the, uh, it's a big story, but I think some people saw it coming. I was hoping he'd stay on, but the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, they they, they, uh, released uh, Marcus Mariota after he was benched uh, towards the end of the year. They're happy with Desmond Ritter's performance. Uh, as a starting quarterback for the last how many games would you say four, four. games give, something give like take that one, right around four yeah but they're the reason they're happy and it came out again on pro football talk i was reading about it yesterday they're super happy because he didn't throw any interceptions if if that's if that's now this is a team when marcus was there they didn't throw the ball that much i mean no. he might have 15 attempts a game so when you throw in uh, Desmond Ritter, and I like Desmond Ritter. I root for Desmond Ritter. I liked him coming out of college, and I thought he'd be higher than a third-round draft choice. But, um, you know, here's a guy that it's like, okay, you're happy because you didn't throw interceptions. That comes from ownership, and that's been said twice about him already. I would think you would set your expectations a little higher for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, you say the right thing, and especially when they move on from Marcus, you have to back it up, so you have to say something. So maybe that's just why. I think it's too soon to tell if he's their guy or not. You know they're going to have to get a veteran backup, a guy like a Marcus Mariota, because he's still very inexperienced there. And, yeah, I mean, the the week Marcus won NFC Offensive Player of the Week, I believe he was 13 for 14 passing. So great percentage, but, yeah, he only threw that many passes. He very rarely threw over 20 a game. It was just that kind of offense. You know, maybe this could be a blessing in a way for Marcus. Again, we're not making excuses for him. He didn't do the best with the interceptions, as you've said, and I agree. But you go to a team that might actually have a passing game, and even though, again, he'll he'll be a backup as of right now, wherever he goes. But when you say, you know, you want to go to a passing team, you uh, you know, to argue that point, you might say, well, it just means more interceptions for Marcus. Not necessarily. He's, he's interception prone. Look at his last – there was reason that the Titans moved on. He throws, he's made bad decisions on the field. Off the field, he's a hero. Sure. I mean, is, is Marcus the first starting quarterback from Hawaii in the NFL? The first? He did it before Tua. So. 
So I would say, yeah, as far as regular season games, I think yeah, Rolos. I mean, I, I, I'm sure that Ikaika Lama Francis's dad, maybe he might have started a ga- the game in Green Bay, but he wasn't the starter. Right. You know right, what I'm right. saying? Bart yeah. Starr was the starter. But as far as a starting quarterback in the NFL, he's he's our first. And he's been such a great representative of Hawaii and the people of Hawaii. Big time. Right? Big time. I mean, time. he's, you know, he's, uh, you know, Marcus Mariota can do no wrong. Motivate when foundation. Was the last time, when was the last time Marcus Mariota was involved in any kind of uh, controversy? It'd be the first. Well, in Atlanta, when he left, there was a little controversy. I'm not sure. I think it might have been a media blown up thing because nobody's really talking about that. When you when Tua Tagovailoa, and to no fault of his own, being grilled by uh, b- media members in the off season last year as they're heading into this season, Tua would say some things, and that would make the news. You know what I mean? He, he was upset when reporters found out that he got married. You know that it was he was he was reported on in a negative light. Marcus Mariota never has been. Well, even the and Atlanta Falcons, the kind long of, time. they kind of threw him under the bus. And I don't remember the exact comment, but it was something like they don't know where he is. They don't, you know, they kind of said words to the effect that they wish he'd be around. Uh, oh. and I remember we had one of the Atlanta Constitution beat writers for the Atlanta Falcons. His name escapes me right now. And he was on at that time. You know, he wasn't totally against Marcus, but he also acknowledged it wasn't a good look. I think that's about as far as he went. So it wasn't a major controversy, maybe. And I, I agree that maybe the media blew it up a little bit more. But there was just a lot of silence from Marcus's camp. But you're right. This guy, you said when's the last time he'd been in controversy? It might be the first time that he'd be in controversy. He's not that guy. I mean, a lot of people still consider his Heisman speech maybe the best ever. I mean, he, it was that great, everything he did. Uh, again, this guy was first class all the way from Oregon to the NFL, everything he's done. Remember how fans be, were in love uh, with him in, in in Tennessee when he first got there, the things he would do with fans. Uh, he would be loved is what I was going to say. But, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely that kind of a guy. Nobody can really say a bad thing about Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I mean, Marcus was beloved before he started playing, you know, the whole, what True. was it? Uh, the, the, the to play on Aloha or Howdy or something like that. I don't remember, but they had the billboard signs made. Do you remember? Yeah, can't remember. Gus is calling in at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. How's it, Gus? Good morning, animals. Chris, Hi. you might remember maybe the first starting quarterback from Hawaii, Blaine Geisen, way back when. I'm I believe his coach at the Falcons was uh, June Jones. And he was the quarterback? I believe so. Kamehameha School, and I think he played quarterback. Okay, because I know he's a defensive back at the University of Hawaii. He played for the Blaine Geisen. I thought he played for the 49ers. What's Wikipedia Blaine Geisen right now? Let's call him up. He's uh, Call the ILH office. Get Blaine Geisen on the line. Uh, let's see. Gus, thank you. We're go- I'm going to investigate that. I'm very uh, interested in that. But, uh, yeah, he was uh, picked by the Atlanta Falcons. He played uh, as the safety and a corner. He became close friends with Steve Bartkowski and Billy White Shoes Johnson as, long, as well as June Jones. But, the uh, yeah, it doesn't say here he started as a quarterback. See, now, did he start a game at quarterback? That's not what I'm talking about. It, it, as, as a starting quarterback. That's yeah. what I'm. That's what I'm getting at. I think Marcus Mariota was our first. 
I would think so too. And I think June had did he have Jeff George a little bit and Barkowski Barkowski there when he was in Atlanta, right? Yeah. But uh, that's a short list either way. And hopefully we'll see more quarterbacks from Hawaii getting starting nods there. But we've seen a few lately, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, if Mackenzie Milton didn't get injured, I'd love to see what would have happened with him as a professional. Yeah. Boy, that was, uh, you know. Anyway, keep them coming, you know. Vinny Passes, thank you very much. Why don't we, we, that's how we should start the segment. You know, thank you very much, uh, Vinny Passes. I would love that. I love that idea, Gary, though, that you brought up of, uh, hey, maybe, uh, you know, Marcus goes down to Miami, get a veteran back up there. Get the poly connection going on. You got Colton and Keon Wong in Seattle. What about Marcus and two in Miami? Yeah. All right. Uh, let's check your traffic. Pal Eldridge is going to join us next from Spectrum Sports. Talk some UH baseball. Talk about the game yesterday on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. All right, it's going to be windy today with passing showers again. I kind of like this weather. I like not sweating. <laughs> Hawaii is a much better place when uh, when uh, Kessel's not out there uh, smelling up the place. All right, please introduce our next guest. A living legend, uh, authority on baseball, big Yankee fan, been covering UH baseball for forever from Spectrum Sports. Joining us here via the Aloha Kia hotline on ESPN Honolulu, Pal Eldridge. Pal, great to have you on again. It's been a while. That means baseball season yeah. is here. And I want to get your early impressions for the University of Hawaii baseball team. I know only a few home games so far, but what have you observed so far? Hey, well, first, I got to say thanks for having me on. And the animals in the AM, that's what I'm going to call you guys now. <laughs> animals in the AM. I um, like it. Yeah, you know, the, the, I tell you what, you know, if you look at at um, last year's season, you know, they started out okay. That's as good as you can say it. They started out okay. Then they turned it on halfway through, and they finished really well. I thought they played really well near the end, and, you know, they came – Third place in the, in the in the conference, which is the first time that had ever happened. So you know, looking forward to this year and what I see that we got all these local kids out there. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, everybody thinks everybody's always thought we should have local guys out there, and you know, and, and these guys are pretty good. I mean, they're not they're not just any local kids. Uh, you know, they're good players. The first night against Wright State, they started eight position players, all local kids and all quality players. You know, the problem that we have here in Hawaii is is we just don't have the quality, you know, the, the, the top flight pitching that you'd like to see at, at a Division One level. And that's that's the problem with, with, with it this year. You know, the, the, um, even Rich Hill has said, you know, they're, defensive they're going to be fine. Offensively they're going to hit. But, uh, you know, pitching is going to be a problem. And I think they're going to be, you know, like, like the old bonsai squad we used to call them where you throw everybody. You know, rather rather than one guy throw seven innings and the other guy finish up, no, you may have you know four guys throw two innings each. You know that kind of stuff. Right. So I think what, that's probably what we're looking at. Why Why isn't there better pitching coming out of Hawaii? Well, I, you know, I, I we have baseball all year round. I mean, that uh-huh. that should be better. I I just think I just think the, the 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 size of the kids, 
you know, the strength of, you know, the kids are training all year. I'll give you an example. Um, I think it was about 15 years ago. We didn't have one pitcher, high school pitcher in Hawaii, that threw 90 miles an hour. Texas had like 55. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know Texas, you know, of course, how huge Texas is, but just that's to prove the point that, you know, we just didn't, we just don't have those, those kind of guys that throw, you know, the mid, mid 90s, which is what you see almost every college team comes in and has a guy that does that, you know, except I always got a couple of guys, you know, but whether they can, they can sustain that over a, over, you know, four, five, six, seven innings is, uh, remains to be seen. With what you saw opening weekend with the pitcher, did anybody impress you overall at all? Um, you know, they, we were supposed to televise the first game, and because of the rain, you know, Spectrum, I, I you know, I, I, of course, I enjoyed doing the games, but I, I kind of agreed with the fact that even though it was opening night, you can't set everything up, cameras and personnel and everything, and have the game rained out in the second inning, you know, so... <laughs> They, they switched to volleyball, and, you know, what can you say about the volleyball team for crying out loud? I mean, yeah. they're, they're a joy to watch. So, but then we, because of it, I, I never saw the team until, until Sunday, until we did the Sunday game. Okay. So, uh, you know, but the, you know, the, 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 the Ziegler and Amoa kid pitched pretty well. Yeah. Dalton, Randy, and these, you know, uh, Harrison, these guys have been around a while, and they're, they're, they're pretty good pitchers, and so, uh, you know, like I said earlier, I think they're going to be uh, counted on for a few innings at a time, you know, the entire year. Ben Ziegler and Moe, the player you're talking about from Baldwin High, transferred from a JC in Arizona. Yep. Boy, I mean, the pitching on Sunday, as you alluded to, he got the win pitching a little over three innings that day, and his bat, I mean, he has been fantastic so far this season. He's sitting 389 right now, had seven RBIs, I believe, opening weekend. This guy looks like a real good get and yeah. is going to be an impact player yeah. for the whole, for Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, and uh, you know, and, and to be a to be a pitcher uh, DH. I mean, I think the last guy that I saw do that was well, well, Bill Blanche, Billy Blanchett did did it. Right. And I think um, I think uh, Levon Largusa did it a few times. Wow. And Largusa could do so. I mean, he was he was a low nineties guy, uh, maybe low to mid nineties, but he had a great curveball. But he couldn't always find the dish. He <laughs> so he would he wasn't too uh didn't have too great a control, but he could hit. And I think a few times they they, they had him a pitcher DH. So I think those are the last two guys. But to have a pitcher DH, I mean, you know, and and I think he's going to probably do that the rest of the year too. So he's 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 a, he's a good one. He definitely is. We're talking UH baseball with Pal Eldridge here with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. Another player who I think has really shown a lot early on this season is the right fielder, Jared Quant, who was injured all of last year. I never really remembered yeah. him from the year before, but wow, what a start he has had this season. Got a key hit in the ninth well, inning yesterday as well. Yeah, and you know, he's a guy that started out, he was a catcher. And then last year he was hurt. I, you know, to be honest, they, they told me what. Excuse me, <laughs> excuse me. It's the morning, you know. Yes. Um, the uh, the the I forgot what the injury was. Uh, he broke his hand or something. I I can't recall. But uh, yeah, and then he plays in right field and he's swinging the bat well. So you know, you go with the hot the hot hand, and he's he's the hot hand right now. 
One of the things we've noticed from Rich Hill from day one, and I, I love this style. He's just aggressive. I mean, last year, I don't know how many guys got hit by pitches, but it was a lot. Last night in the ninth inning, Dallas Duarte gets hit by a pitch. They scored their two runs on pass balls. On that Sunday game that you did, Dallas Duarte raced home on a wild pitch. They scratch yeah. and claw and get runs no matter what it takes, and they take advantage of any and every opportunity, it seems. They're gritty. You know, when, when, when Rich Hill, when I heard his name, was uh, uh, you know, he applied for the job? That I, I I figured that's it. I mean, it's it's a it's a lateral move from the University of San Diego to the University of Hawaii. We had a lot of pretty good names, you know, former players that that had applied for the job. But you know, when you get a guy of the quality of Rich Hill, now I've known I've known Rich over twenty five years. When he started out at the University of San Francisco, and then he went down to San Diego for twenty three years. So I've known him for a long time, and you know he's. Uh, the energy that he brings to the program is something that that we haven't seen here, and we sure don't see a lot of teams that come in. I mean, he's full of life and energy, and and you know that just just the uh, the kids feed off of that, and and that's how they play too. So you know, you never know with Rich. I mean, he could he could be sacrificing bunting with 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 two outs, you know, in in the first <laughs> inning. I mean, he really, and, and he, I've seen him squeeze with two strikes. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. squeeze means you've got to put the ball in play and no matter where the pitch is. And if the guy goes after the pitch and it, it's in the dirt and, you know, it's, it's strike three, game over, right? Um, but, but no, but he, he did it last year. And he's just an all-out kind of guy. And, and uh, you know, and that energy is just, it's just really, really neat to watch. When you look at the returning players, which one of them, maybe you can name one or two if you'd like, that you really are expecting big things from this season? Well, not because he's a Punahou guy, but Tyson <laughs> Don- Donahue is. You know, I, I went up and talked to him, and I, he had his back to me, and they don't have numbers on their, on their you know, batting practice jerseys. And I look at, who the heck is this guy? He's huge. And I mm-hmm. turn around, and it's Kyson. He's got a beard, and he's, you know, he's 6'3", and he's just a big guy. And I'm like, oh, brother, I didn't recognize you, man. <laughs> so, because yeah, he played for me. I I had coached the um, – Back in 2015 uh, to to 2020, the actual the state champions when they were in the seventh grade and and on. So Kyson, when I when I needed a substitute player in the winter when our shortstop couldn't make it, I always called Kyson and he'd come and play for me. You know, so uh, I've known him a long time and and uh, uh-huh. you know they called him when he's at the University of Arizona a Swiss Army knife because he could play anywhere, and that's uh-huh. exactly what he's doing now. He can also pitch, you know. He, he oh, can wow. go pretty hard too. Yeah, so he, um, you know, he came and played shortstop against you know against Wright State that fourth game. So plays left field, swings the bat, hit an absolute bomb. We we couldn't even find the. I mean, we couldn't even track the ball. <laughs> uh, we all our replays. We did. We didn't know where the ball went. I didn't. I couldn't see it. And I'm down at the field level now. You know. So the I think then I I texted him and said, Hey, where'd that ball go? And he said, To the right of the scoreboard. So yeah, it was a bomb. Uh, he's one of them. You know, I tell you the guy. You got Wong in center field. You know, he's just a, a, a player. You know, and he actually walked with the graduation guys last year, but decided, hey, I'm going to come back. You know, and and he's doing a great job there. The shortstop and second base combination of Donahue and and uh, Jordan Donahue and uh, Stone Meow, um, you know, they're really quality players. And Jordan Donahue has really been a surprise because. When Rich was telling me last year that 
that's one of the things he was worried about with shortstop because Donahue just wasn't he wasn't you know projected to to do to do anything you know to be a top flight player. Well, he he he, he changed Rich's mind. The guy played really well all year, and uh, and he's doing the same thing again this year. So uh, and then you Igawa at first base, but that guy can flat hit. Hmm. I mean, he struggled in the beginning of last year, but at the end he turned it on. But man, that boy can hit. And so uh, you know, just well, those are the guys. You know, I think, and of course, you got behind the plate. You know, with Dallas J. Duarte, I mean, he's he can throw and he can hit. He's just a he's just a gamer. You know, and and uh, so it's exciting to watch him walk uh, play as well. Love his style. Hey, pal, I, you worked so long with Jim Leahy. Can you share maybe a memory or a story about you and Jim Leahy working together? <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, we we did so many things together. I mean, I went to all the football games with him, and I was a spotter for him. He used to get whacked on the head when when we made a mistake. <laughs> and then I became the boss of the booth. I got a promotion. and I, So I was with him all the time. We'd ride our motorcycles all over the place, and uh, you know. But but what what I want people to know a couple of things really. Number one is Jim Leahy was a nationally, uh, you know, he, he could have been a national guy. I mean, he, he's that good. He was that good, and his vocabulary, his delivery was mm-hmm. was outstanding. Just like Kanoa, I mean, Kanoa's mm-hmm. the same kind of guy. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but the second thing is, uh, well, first thing was he, he loved Hawaii, and he didn't want to leave Hawaii, and he didn't want. He wanted to raise his children in Hawaii. That's why he stayed. And then the second thing is amount of preparation that Jimmy used to put into these games. I mean, at every sport, football, he had these blank business cards, and he'd write out the, the, the player's number and name and all these stats about him, he'd height, weight, and all these other stats about him. And this is for the entire team. We're talking like what? what, what what's the traveling squad? 90 guys? 95? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. And, and he did it. The home team, of course, UH, he'd, he'd update. You know, he some of them wouldn't even change, but the rest he'd update. And then for baseball, he would, on his scorebook, on one side of it, he'd have these little boxes that he'd write in pencil, and he'd do the same thing. Player's number, name, and all his stats, okay? And then I said, Jimmy, what, why are you doing that, man? I said, we got all these paper paperwork coming into the booth. when it's And he, it's right there for you. He goes, but it's not right in front of me. You know, he didn't want to want to you know move the papers around to find the guy's stats. You know he wanted to be so that's so the preparation that Jim Leahy did over the years was just just beyond everything I've ever seen. Cano is the same way, you know. So yeah, I, I mean I missed the missed the big guy, and you know it, it was really sad to see that that uh, you know we went to ball games last year. You know Cano and Jimmy and Don and Scott Robs and my son-in-law and grandson and I, and we'd sit up there behind the railings there and. Uh, you know, talk story, and uh, you know, Jimmy had, uh, you know, had some dementia. But he'd look at me and says, "I, I know you." He'd look at me, and I, you know, I get tears in my eyes. You know, I talk about that stuff. So, no. yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, he's he's you know, he's a legend. He's a legend, that's for sure. Sure yeah. is, never to be forgotten, that's for sure. Pal, thanks yeah, for sharing but, some memories on Jim and going over UH baseball this season. It's always great talking baseball with you. Yeah, good guys, and uh, I'm I'm glad to talk to you guys. Thank you. All right, thank you. Pal Eldridge, well, living legend himself, joining us here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline at Aloha Kia. You know a guy. You know, I was telling a story once with Jim Leahy when I was at KKUA. 
uh, I was still in high school or maybe just out of high school at KKUA, and I, I told the story about being on the KKUA softball team. And I said it was Blangiardi and Jim Leahy. Now that I think about it, I think it was Pal Eldridge and Jim Leahy who were on that team, uh, yucking it up. And uh, you know, it was like I, 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 I wanted to, you know, kind of know those guys. Right. Well, Pal Eldridge was my brother's homeroom teacher, but you know, to be kind of, you know, one of the cool cats, <laughs> one of the cool guys. But uh, very good. All right, um, uh, Pal Eldridge. Uh, he is a treasure. Yes. Isn't he? Oh, Pal sure Eldridge is. joins us via the Aloha Kia hotline. Aloha Kia, Sia in a Kia. What's up next for the base bows? Well, they'll be in that tournament in Minnesota where they'll play a Big Ten round, uh, a bunch of teams in Minnesota, Nebraska, and I'm forgetting the third team right now, but they have three Big Ten teams. Maryland. How could I forget Maryland? Yes. So they got the Big Ten schedule coming up in that tournament in Minneapolis. They were there a couple of times before in that tournament, uh, with the right. Vi- I think, with the Vikings play. We'll have the uh, we'll have coverage of that uh, coming up uh, starting at two thirty uh, Friday afternoon on your way home. Uh, coming up on ESPN Honolulu, more of what's going on in the NFL. Uh, we've got uh, something that's you know coming up next is you'll never believe what is going to be auctioned off. It's the Mona Lisa of sports memorabilia. Coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Well, Gary, you'll never guess. <laughs> I've been thinking, but I can't guess. Yeah, they say this is like selling the Mona Lisa and other great art pieces all rolled into one. You see, on the auction block, six pairs of sneakers worn by Michael Jordan during six Bulls NBA championships games. Whoa. It was unveiled today in Dubai. Uh, the uh, high-top Nikes will then go on a world tour. <laughs> now, Jordan gave these shoes to the Bulls communications director. I mean, a pair of shoes from each championship game. Whoever this communications director is, he's like, I'm gifting these to you. Uh, this guy was so stoked that uh, he's decided to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, they don't even know what the price is going to be. Experts say that these sneakers are priceless because of their history and Jordan's impact on basketball. And, uh, again, they say, according to the Wall Street Journal, it's like selling the Mona Lisa and other great pieces of art all rolled into one. Imagine that if you're a memorabilia guy. Because shoes are the big thing, right? Yeah. In basketball, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll ask Darren Kimura. But, I mean, Darren Kimura probably you know knows about this but can you imagine it's like what's the best thing for a basketball player okay shoes who's the best basketball player michael jordan uh how about shoes from every single one of his championships that he wore it's like what mind blown i don't know what you would do with this once you bought them for a gazillion dollars but uh hey you know if you got the extra you know if you got the extra lettuce go for it I'd rather have that than baseball cards. Not to put down baseball cards, they're great. But recently, a Kobe Bryant, I believe, rookie jersey sold for in the millions. So you can just imagine what Jordan's championship shoes would go for. Yeah. I, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know that that's something that I would want. If I had all that money, would I buy Michael Jordan's shoes? 
Well, not that you, kind of guy, I if guess. If you had all that money, it wouldn't be like you'd be spending, you know, I mean, it wouldn't cost you as much in a way because you could afford it. <laughs> you know, but I I just add another couple of you know great cars to my garage. I'd be like Jay Leno if I had <laughs> if I had that kind of money. I'd be like Jay Leno or Reggie Jackson before all his cars burnt down, right. burnt up. Well, I would Jay do Jay Leno almost burnt up himself recently, but uh, yeah, what happened? He was something exploded his... in his car when he was working oh. on his face. Uh, you know, severe burns for a while. Yeah, he was out of commission for just a little while. But right. if you're a memorabilia collector, I mean, it might not be anything better than that. Like you said, it's kind sure. of like the Mona Lisa. Right. Wow. If you were if you were like our friend Darren Kimura, he'd be like, oh, oh, oh you know. <laughs> I feel like that, but I can't really afford even like one of the zeros on there. But that that would be a really good get. Are you kidding, yeah. Jordan sneakers? I mean, you can't even you can't even afford laces for your shoes. <laughs> you love that, don't you? <laughs> All right, top headlines coming up next with the Sports Animals this morning on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. <laughs> Good morning. Hope you're having a great morning so far. Weather today is going to be windy with passing showers. You're probably getting it now. We'll have another traffic update in uh, just a bit here for you. Uh, our top headlines today as uh, we get into it. I guess the biggest one, uh, Marcus Mariota has uh, been uh, released by the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Marcus Mariota is uh, looking for a job. I think he'll get one. I think he'll get one, too. There's going to be a free agent frenzy when it starts two weeks from Thursday, I guess, at the official start, and there's going to be a lot of big names out there. But, and again, it'll be a backup as far as whoever he signs with initially, but I'm sure I'll get an opportunity. Somebody's going to want him. And get somebody's going to want somebody's going to want a veteran quarterback at least as a backup in the league. He's only yeah. 29 years old, so it's not like he's 36 years old trying to hang on. I think Marcus Mariota in the quarterback room with his leadership style and his work ethic, uh, he'd be a great addition to any NFL team. And we're hoping that he goes to Miami, or yeah. if Tua, we actually, you know what? I want Tua out of Miami. We just want Tua and Marcus together. That would be super super cool. Oh, that would be. But I mean, Tua looks so good in the uniform, the color. I mean, he's fit, He's a good fit there. I think he could I lead them to it's a just, playoff run. I know. It's just. It's just. They're always looking for somebody else. Hey, here's Tua. I, you know, here's Tua. I got my arm around you, but I'm kind of looking off into anybody else available. Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, anybody. You know, it's like, it's. I mean, they, for crying out loud, they lost a draft pick. They lost their first round draft pick for tampering trying to get Tom Brady to come over there. But at the time, you can't blame them in a way because it was still yeah, Tom Brady Yeah, I blame Brady them because really they broke good. the rules. They broke the rules. Those, well, are, against, saying, those are against the rules. Daniel, you're Daniel Snyder. But, that's, but, I think, I don't, that's what I think of the Miami organization. I, but, I, I, they're not very honest. You can't blame them for wanting Brady, was what I meant, though. But they're not for tampering or doing the wrong or the legal act in the NFL. But, I mean, yeah. for wanting a guy like Brady at that time, you can't really Well, I think a lot of people wanted Tom Brady. A lot of people want Bill Belichick to be their coach. You know, but, hey, you know what? He's not on your team, so you can't talk to him. Well, I mean, that happens all the time with players doing it. So, And I'm sure GM's here and there. But again, I mean, they they got caught and it was stupid. But I mean, at the time, you know, he 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 was a free agent. He was restricted, I guess. 
But, I mean, I, I thought it made a little bit of sense with just the way they went about it, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's just, you know, the, I don't know. I, I I I don't want this to be a Tua conversation, but it's, it's just like he's never been given a fair shake in my mind. I just think that life would be so much happier somewhere else. But then oh. again, be careful what you wish for. A bird in the hand is always worth two in the bush. But he was given a fair shake this season. I mean, he had Tyreek Hill. He had a better offensive line. He just got hurt a few times, but he was given a much better opportunity. UH baseball loses in a heartbreaker. Uh, It was a thriller, really. I'll call it a thriller yesterday. Three to two to San Diego State. Yeah, they go one and two in that tournament. One game was rained out or canceled because of the threat of rain against UNLV, and they had the bases loaded, one out in the ninth inning. Next two batters both struck out, but so close yet so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, congratulations. A couple of uh, Rainbow Warrior, uh, one Rainbow Warrior, one Rainbow Wahine uh, got some awards. Uh, Cole Hoagland. As the Big West Defensive Player of the Week for the men's volleyball team. What I understand, the Big West is now going to have all their awards where it just says from Hawaii, and they just fill in the name every week for a different player, and it's Cole Hoagland's turn. I don't recall him winning one before, which is great. I mean, not great that he hasn't won one, but great to have him on that list with so many others. Spiros Hawkins, uh, Jakob Tella, not this year, but in the years past. Uh, so many guys have been winning awards, so it's great to see Cole Hoagland on that list now as well. Uh, let's see here. Also, congratulations to University of Hawaii softball pitcher Millie Fidge. She was a Big West freshman of the week uh, after getting her first collegiate win uh, this past week. So congratulations, Millie. Yeah, great performance and great that she's only a freshman. So we'll have her around for a few more years, three more years, hopefully. And uh, great to see some of this young town. We had a, a player of the week on offense for softball the week before. So and a freshman as well. So pretty good there. Pua Campbell or Campbell Pua. And uh, so softball doing well, was getting those young players uh, doing well, and they got a big tournament coming up this week with six teams coming in. The uh, And uh, those are our top headlines, I guess, that we're following. Now, not only is Marcus Mariota um, uh, gone from the Falcons, but Carson Wentz was released by the uh, Washington Commanders after just one season. I remember back in, oh, maybe it was 2017. I don't remember the exact year. Carson Wentz was having an MVP-type season, and he got hurt, and he's never been the same. And wherever he's been, whether it was the Colts or now with Washington last year, I'm reading things online that he's not a great teammate. He's not a nice guy. He's not a very good leader. And I think that's why, I mean, I'm sure he'll get a job somewhere. Uh, but as far as Mark, as far as him being a starting quarterback, I mean, it's Jeff George like from the stuff that I'm reading. Yeah, I mean, what I recall is when they were on hard knocks, the in-season hard knocks from last year when he was on Indianapolis, things looked really good, and they were doing really good. And then he came down with COVID, and I don't remember the exact details, but some of the guys on the team weren't happy with how that all came about. I mean, COVID is COVID, but there was some talk about, there was some negative talk about Carson Wentz then. Uh, with Washington, it just never really worked out, but there was more negative talk coming out than positive talk about him. And you're right, he was going to win the MVP. He got hurt against the Rams. On a, I think it was like a quarterback sneak right around the goal line, uh, probably in November or so of that year. They were a Super Bowl favorite, and then the guy named Nick Foles came in and actually got them the Super Bowl. 
Uh, but <laughs> Carson Wentz was happy. He, he was the front runner for the MVP. It's an incredible turn of events as far as where his career went since then. I mean, really, just work. I mean, I don't want to say that in a negative way, but he's working his way down the ladder with how his yeah. career has gone from then. I'm not sure if it's all his fault, but some of it is his own doing. What do you, well, yeah, I mean, he hasn't played very well, so that that is your fault. You, Marcus Mariota, I, I'm watching television, and someone's on the news this morning talking about how, well, he had four coordinators in five years at Tennessee, and you know, in retrospect, you look back at all of that, but, you know, at the same time, those coordinators were not throwing all of those interceptions that Marcus threw. No, I mean, some of it was his fault and he got hurt, but I think the true tale for Marcus, and you mentioned it last hour, as soon as he was benched for Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill caught fire and led them to a playoff run, I believe. And with yeah. the same players, same coordinator, same head coach, everything the same except for Tannehill over Marcus, and he was night and day from what Marcus was. And that was tough to watch. Yeah, it was. And, it, it, you know, we're still so proud of Marcus Mariota, though. I mean, he's, you know, he's a starting quarterback, winning the Heisman Trophy, representing Hawaii all the way through. Now, until he got it, it, it became just um, mayhem as far as media requests for him. I remember Marcus Mariota, when he was at Oregon, he stopped doing interviews, yet he would always do them. And he told his sports information director, uh, you know, if it's someone from Hawaii, I'm doing the interview, plain and simple. So we had access to Marcus when the rest of the country didn't. I'll always appreciate that about the guy, but it says a little bit about who he is and what, you know, what these islands mean to Marcus Mariota. Whether Marcus Mariota plays one down of football again, he'll always be one of our biggest football heroes of all time. Definitely, and I just saw his name mentioned in a Facebook memory coming up today on the Sports Animals, Marcus Mariota. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was pretty cool to have that. And Yeah, I mean, and the thing was about that is that not only did he captivate everybody in Hawaii, we knew all about him and we were great we were great fans of him big fans of everything he accomplished and what he stood for but you could tell that also took place around the country as well the stories that went viral that went national about him uh were just really where people really got caught up with how great of a person he was and again it wasn't just hawaii people a lot of people said that heisman speech at the time was probably the best heisman speech ever uh and we've heard so many stories about what he did at oregon you know, helping out. He would go to a traffic intersection. It would be a homeless guy near there. Every day for, I don't know, a year or two, he would give him his lunch. You know, he would do things like that often, you know, helping out those who weren't as privileged. Uh, and that's when he wasn't making millions of dollars. You know, that's because he was that type of person. And yeah. we, we could see that from afar. We could see it up close. And I don't think that's ever changed. Not he was that type of person. He is. That type of person, I think, is what you really meant to say. But anyway, uh, yeah, I'm excited. You know what? I'm I'm kind of excited. I love change, and I'm excited to see where Marcus Mariota ends up. I, I feel sorry for people who bought the Atlanta Falcons Marcus Mariota T-shirt jerseys because uh, you know those are you know not relevant anymore. Usually that happens to me. You know what? I I, I still it still bothers me, and I don't think I'm a homer. It bothers me that he's not a starting quarterback. You don't quarterback. think you're a what? A homer when I say this because I I, I I it bothers me that he's not a starter. Not that 
he's good enough or not, but I think he is good enough, and I wish he would get a chance. Like, for example, when he was in Vegas with the Raiders, yeah, Derek Carr was still good then. He never got a chance to start. He played one game on that Thursday night, and he almost beat, I think, the Chargers. Had a great game, actually. He didn't start it, actually. Carr got hurt, and he played the majority of that game. I still think he can be good enough to be a starter in the right situation, and maybe that's, again, maybe that's just what's the right situation where he gets an opportunity to play more than one or two games, and he got it in Atlanta. He did, but he, I don't yes. think and he didn't have a ton of talent, no excuses, and he threw interceptions, as you said. I don't mm-hmm. like – in a way, it bothers me that he's going to be viewed as a backup with whoever signs him initially. And I know that's the fact, and I understand that. Yeah. I just think, again, it bothers me that he's not going to be a starting quarterback. Not something he's done, but I Do still you know think he could be worth it. Do you know how hard it is to make it to the NFL and to stay in the NFL for, what is it, seven seasons, eight seasons now? Around there. To actually suit up and be on a roster is an incredible feat. I'm happy for the guy. We're proud of the guy. Um, you know, maybe he'll start. But, I mean, in, Oak- in Oakland, in, was it in Oakland? Yeah, Oakland or was it? In he Vegas? was in Vegas. He was in Vegas. That was they were both in Vegas. Both years he was in Vegas. Yes. Uh, this season. Okay. In Vegas, he wasn't the starting quarterback. So Derek Carr was the starting quarterback. Derek Carr has had a better career and has been has outperformed Marcus Mariota. That's why he's the starting quarterback. I wasn't wishing that Marcus was the starter. I want Marcus to earn a starting position, but he didn't. Didn't do it. But he had a role. I, I like the role that he had. And going forward, I think somebody would be smart to take advantage. Somebody, I don't know if it's even somebody in uh, Kyle Shanahan or something, uh, uh, Mike McDaniel's in Miami. Somebody to go. Hey, you know what? This guy can be a weapon for us. Let's get him over here. I would almost have to say that. You know what? I think somebody's thinking that right now. I'm sure somebody's. I'm sure somebody's talking to Marcus Mariota's agent as we speak. Could be, and it should be. And again. Big picture, you made a great comment where there's a short list of people that get to actually play in the NFL as a quarterback for that many years, if at all. Uh, no, it's I just, just said that, it's a short list of people playing in the NFL. Well, that that too. list becomes shorter when you talk about quarterbacks. It's just that when you hear he can come in for that role of maybe running a play or two, you know, one or two times a game, that's not what I envision for him. And, again, it doesn't mean he's well, a failure in a way, but I, w- I wish he could be a starting quarterback again. Well, yeah, I mean, I could wish I could do a whole radio show on what I wish for in sports. What I'm getting at is the reality of Marcus Mariota is he's probably not going to be looked at as a starting quarterback in right. the NFL. If somebody gets hurt, it's maybe some guy. Marcus is a leader. He's a grinder. Uh, he's uh, good for your quarterback room. He's good if you have a young quarterback as your starter uh, for the Jets. We joke around because we're talking about the Jets, but at the same time, the Jets would be a perfect landing spot for Marcus Mariota to help out Zach Capono Wilson. No, 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 no. on that team. He'd be better. He'd be good for the Jets to start over Zach Wilson, uh-huh. not to help him. Seriously, he, I wish he would have gone to the Jets last year. We talked about the Jets in Pittsburgh last year in the offseason, your team and my team. I, I know Kenny Pickett had a good year overall, all things considered, but I think Marcus, given an opportunity with either of those teams, especially with the Jets' young weapon, uh, he would have had more success than Atlanta. But, again, it's easy to say that now, of course. Yeah, I, okay, I'll take Marcus Mariota over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, we got him. Sorry, sorry. <laughs>
All right, it's a quarter after seven. Time for a traffic check. Weather-wise today, going to be windy again with passing showers. And I want to get a little bit into the uh, NFL draft since you brought up the Steelers. The Steelers are in a very fortuit, fortuitous, fortuitous, in a good situation. We'll talk about that coming up here. <laughs> Remember when Pal Eldridge was talking about vocabularies? Yes. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu. Tonight I dreamt I was returning And my heart called out to you But I fear you won't be like I Something about, about the NFL. We're on the air. <laughs> We're talking a lot of NFL, and it's not even free agency yet. And uh, but the combine did start. I think just all the measurements and all that stuff. But when free agency starts, it's going to be crazy. I just want to bring up one more topic with a quarterback, and it's Derek Carr. Because now we hear he's going to be meet, meeting with Carolina think, tomorrow. And I know his agent is saying the right things. We're going to do our due diligence. To me, if you're Derek Carr, you're going to go after the best offer ASAP. You wait till March 15th, and you could be playing musical chairs, and you could be left hanging without the team you really want to go to or without the offer you wanted to get. He's not being where people are going after him and everybody wants Derek Carr. First of all, most teams have a starting quarterback. The teams that need one, I mean, the Jets, New Orleans, and maybe Carolina. I don't think Tampa Bay has been mentioned with Derek Carr. It's not where everybody wants this guy. More teams might want Aaron Rodgers than Derek Carr. So you got that... you How have do you that, know? Because by some of the talk, I'm not coming at you. Okay. I just want you to back uh, it up. You made well, a statement. Okay. Well, back I, it up. Okay. Because Aaron Rodgers, first of all, is a lot better. Was, he's, he, he's older. What was that noise I just made on the air? <laughs> well, you were leading to the, 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 the truck backing up, but I guess it was a quick backing up. It wasn't you know, normal. I'll give you a chance to do the whole thing. It's almost a sexy noise. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know about almost, but thank you for that. We, we appreciate that. Anyway, I digress. Sorry. Go ahead. Hey, if you're the Jets, all things being equal, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr? What Aaron Rodgers doesn't have is more, you know more years left than Derek Carr. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Derek Carr. Why? I'd rather have Derek Carr because Derek Carr is um, a good teammate. Derek Carr is not self-centered and selfish. Derek Carr off the field, and Derek Carr would probably be the kind of guy who would help your backup quarterbacks. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is none of these. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest me guy since, I don't know, he's the, he's the, he's the Michael Jordan of me guys. What Michael Jordan is to basketball, Aaron Rodgers is to me guys. Well, okay, uh, how many MVPs has Aaron Rodgers won? A couple. How many Derek Carr? Oh, who cares? The NFL teams care because with all that stuff you just mentioned, who's going to get you more wins? Aaron Rodgers. I think Derek Carr for a long period of time. How did Aaron Rodgers do this past season, by the way, Gary? Not that great, but who did he have? He lost lost all of his weapons. He lost coaches and weapons. To sum it up in one word. word, To sum it up in one word. And what was Derek Carr? In the great words of Archie Bunker. Who had more wins last year, Christopher? Thank you. Don't uh, try and change the subject. 
How is that changing? The I don't know. I know what your point is, and Derek you know Carr's younger. I, I, you know what? I, I put Aaron Rodgers in the same boat as Kevin Durant and Irie, Kyrie Irving. So I can't look at this fairly. I'm sorry. Okay, but, but again, he's, he's a better player. Yeah, all the stuff you said about him is true, but they overlook all that stuff. You think the Jets are going to decline Aaron Rodgers because he's maybe a me guy here and there? He's still talented, and he's not going to be around for four more years like Carr could be. But my point about Derek Carr is you you can't wait till March 15th. I think that would be – I don't think it's going to happen. Again, they're saying the right thing. They're not going to say, hey, we're going to sign real fast because we don't want to wait till everybody else is available. They're going to say, hey, we're going to do our due diligence and take our time. And they probably are to a certain extent. I can't imagine on March 14th that he's unemployed. Because he's got to sign with somebody. Again, part of it is that there's not a lot of teams that want him. Are you going to want to go to Carolina? Is that going to be where you're going to uh, resurrect your yeah, career? Derek, that's a good place for Derek How? Carr to be. How? Because his because his former uh, quarterback coach is there. He can step in right away and have success with an up-and-coming team. How are they up-and-coming? how. Do a little homework. You do homework. Do a little homework. Do a little homework before you start slapping on the air. How are they an up-and-coming team? They're a down-and-out team. No, they had their – they're actually the, – the, what was the coach's name? Steve Wilkes? No, Steve what was Wilkes. his name? Yeah. Is it Steve Wilkes? And they won more and, games after Matt Rule got five. Who, who's he going to throw to there? Yeah, do your homework. Robbie Anderson. Well, he's gone. He's on Arizona. Nice try. Oh, he's back. He's not. <laughs> Come, no, you, but I, you know what? I don't know, but I think that's a good situation for Derek uh, for Derek Carr. That's all. Okay, if he goes to the Jets as an example, or New Orleans, <laughs> there's a good situation. Well, you got better receivers than Carolina. Garrett Wilson is walking through that door. Michael Thomas will be back at some point. Chris Olave is in New Orleans. Who do you got on Carolina? I don't no know. One. I just so think I, I he's think not gonna, it's, he doesn't it's, have a lot of suitors after him. And I, I, again, I think he's got to sign somewhere soon. He, he's not even you know, the thing that kind of is funny about it that supposedly he wants between thirty million and a little. He wants more than thirty million. Okay, Daniel Jones wants forty-five million. Derek Carr is better than Daniel Jones to me. Daniel Jones probably had a better year than Carr, so he's going to get more money probably. Derek Carr is again, he's not sought after like he might have been three years ago. And he's going to be a starter wherever he goes from day one, at least. But it's not like five or six teams are going to be bidding for him. If, let's, say, yeah. let's say he wants $38 million, as an example, $36, $38 million. Do you think the Jets are going to say, okay, we're going, to, we're going to take him? No, they're not even going to offer him maybe yet because they want to see if they can get Aaron Rodgers. Teams are going to, they're not going to bid more for him. He might have to take less because not everybody's going to try to outbid everybody for him. You know, Aaron Rodgers would have had such a better season if he wasn't such a me guy if you came into camp and you worked out with your young receivers you see how they finished the year right yeah. they finished the year very strong because he'd been working with with them if you started out like everybody else and said hey instead of going i'm going into drinking ca not kava whatever he was drinking uh in the off season and having me time up until the very last moment they would have had a better season so I'd like Derek Carr. Now, Derek Carr, Derek Carr honestly had Marcus Mariota-type numbers. Uh, you know, 61% completions, I think 15. What did he have? He, he was had, one of the uh, lowest-rated starting quarterbacks in the NFL right. last year. He had 24 touchdowns but 14 interceptions. Um, Daniel Jones, by the way, 67% completions. That's Even though it's seven points higher, it's much better. 
It's much. He had better. a better year. He had a better year. Yeah. John, thank you for calling in. Eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. How's it? Hey, how's it? Good morning. You know, I I think they're both bad choices, though. <laughs> you know, as far as Rogers as as goes, I'll be so scared to 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 take him because you got to offer a lot, and then who knows how long he wants to play? If he even wants to play next year. So what are you going to do? Give him three first-round uh, – trade three first-round picks for him? And and he doesn't even show up or he plays only one year? You're not going to trade and for him unless you're gar- you get get a guarantee that he's going to play. That's for sure. Uh, how are you going to get a guarantee out of him? You talk to him and you make sure he's going to play. He's not going to tell the team, I'm going to play, you're going to trade for him, that he's not going to show up and retire. That wouldn't happen. He, he'll, he, he's, he's year to year, though. He, he yeah, tell yeah. More than yeah. Are the and, Jets? And, are the Jets with Aaron, John? The question asked: Are the Jets going to a Super Bowl in that one year that Aaron Rodgers is going to play? No, they're not ready. If, Even if Aaron Rodgers if, is the quarterback, they're not beating the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Bills, leapfrogging them and going to a Super Bowl. So I go long term. It makes sense to me to go long term if you're the Jets, not short term with Aaron Rodgers. If you're, if he was fully bought in, he would give them a great chance. It's a good team. The defense is set. They got good yep. offensive playmakers. The mm-hmm. offensive line is kind of sketchy, but he's good. He's one of the greatest all the time. He gives them a shot. But I wouldn't. That's making a deal with the devil, man. And car <laughs> sucks, bro. <laughs> all right. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, I can't, I mean, yeah, Marcus Mar- Carr didn't have a great year. <sighs> I don't know. It's interesting to see. I think Derek Carr is the biggest name and a lot of the the talk in the uh this past couple of weeks has been about Derek Carr because free agency isn't really here. He got released, so he got a one month start on free agency. So that's what you're saying is, hey, you got this whole month to sign with somebody else. Yet you know if you're a franchise and you want Derek Carr in your team or not. I mean, if it, I mean, looking at the stats, and I'm just only looking at the stats. I'd rather have Marcus Mariota than Derek Carr. Now, actually, when you think about it, I might but, want Jimmy okay, Garoppolo. I, uh, maybe. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be with the 49ers. <laughs> Something's going to yeah, happen. Really? Anyway, really. I, I, you know what? I, 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 I like Derek Carr as a person. He's a quality human being, and maybe that's why I overlook some of this. But I will stand by what I said about the Jets. I don't think you you need you do a one year deal with somebody and hope that one year you're gonna pay somebody sixty million dollars, and I just think it retards the growth of your team. Yeah, long term, you're they're, totally they're, right. They're, you got to still build. Don't be don't don't panic. You're getting there. You've made some good draft choices. Next year, your offensive line will be healthier. Hopefully, don't don't yeah, hopefully, but. I mean, don't don't blow it all and go. Okay, Aaron Rodgers is available. Give up everything, because Aaron Rodgers is not is not Patrick Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is not Joe Burrow. Aaron Rodgers is not Josh Allen or Jalen Hurts. I don't even think Aaron Rodgers is Tua Tagovailoa right now. He might be Brett Favre Healthy all Tua over Tagovailoa. again. Well, I mean, yeah, it's you know what, Geno Smith had a better year than Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think that if you can get somebody and build that, that guy grows with your team. And maybe Derek Carr isn't the guy because, heck, he's been in the league, I think, about 10 years now too. 
maybe Derek Carr isn't the guy for the Jets, but maybe their guy is uh, their guy's playing college football right now. They're going after a veteran. They're definitely going to go after a veteran. That, that's been stated over and over again. And I agree with what you said about Carr. I think he's better long-term. My point, again, is that Carr shouldn't wait too long because he's not, he's not like a whole bunch of teams are going to want his services. Uh, we've only heard three. And okay. it, maybe Carolina's the third now. So you, if you wait too long, Jimmy Garoppolo could end up somewhere or Aaron Rodgers could end up somewhere, and then you're going to be left with a Carolina or somebody else. Right. Let's put a pin in this because Laura Beeman is standing by. We're going to get uh, an update on the Rainbow Wahine basketball team. That's coming up here on ESPN Honolulu. We'll check your traffic and uh, more coming up as we celebrate the birth date of Mario Andretti, 83 years old today. Happy birthday to you if you're celebrating. We'll be right back with Coach on ESPN Honolulu. It is almost March. March Madness is just about upon us. In fact, some conferences have started their tournaments already for the Big West. That'll start next week. But first things first, we got our final homestand for the Rainbow Wahine this weekend. Thursday against CSUN, Saturday, Santa Barbara. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline, their head coach, Laura Beeman, is with us. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. And I know Saturday, again, was a tough one. Two Saturdays in a row, the team loses in the last seconds against two of the better teams in the conference. What was your takeaway? Because I know after the Long Beach State game, even though it was a tough loss, I heard your comments immediately after saying it wasn't such a bad loss because you played the best team in the conference and gave them everything they could handle. Yeah, you know, this team has done nothing but fight and kind of persevere all season long with some of the crucial injuries that we have had. And, you know, again, right before we got on the bus, we found out that another player you know, it was going to be done for the season. And so that kind of was a gut punch, you know, flying out to uh, Riverside and to Irvine. And, you know, my, my comments aren't going to change. We're playing the best teams in the conference. And in order to be a championship team, we're going to have to learn how to close out tight games. And that's probably, you know, the, the, one of the last steps that we need to take in order to have a successful tournament the way that we want it to end. Um, Again, super proud of these girls. They play really hard. They represent really well. We just have to close games out. When you lost Jovi and Jackie, I'm not sure how many people thought you would go on a stretch where you'd won, you'd win five out of six games. And you kind of alluded to that with how this team has done well. Closing out games, I, I look at it, though, this way, too. Your team has come back against two really good teams. And if it's just a play or a second or two difference, you would have won both of those games. You were that close in both of those losses. I know they're still tough. But, again, it was just one little play or a foul at the end of the Long Beach State game. You know, I feel like I need to go back to that Oregon State game, and that was my fortune cookie, mm, right, that yeah. we were going to have a struggle within the last, you know, second, second and a half of ball games. Um, it's just an area of growth. It's just an area of focus. It's being able to play when you feel pressure and think straight and execute the correct way. Um, you know, no one feels better, than, worse than, than the girls that are in those situations. Um, and what you try to tell them as a coach is it wasn't – it wasn't those situations, obviously, that lost the game. There were 40 minutes of play. Those are just going to be the highlighted ones. And we talked to the team yesterday. They're excited. We're getting ready to close out this, this week. These are two really important games for us for seeding. Um, and then moving into the tournament, it, it's about execution. It's about finishing plays, and that's what championship teams do. 
I would imagine or think that also facing so much adversity with the injuries, the close finishes that you mentioned at the beginning of the season with Oregon State in the last couple of weeks, that maybe going through this hopefully will help come tournament time if you're in a similar situation. You know, that's the hope. Um, you know, playing without Liv and Joby and Jackie and Avery, um, you know, we have to rely on a lot of girls to be locked in and a lot of girls that at times are not in the positions that they're familiar being in. And, you know, the hope is going into the tournament, you're, you're locked in, that you know exactly what the execution is. You know what our principles are in out-of-bounds plays or half-court situations, and then you can get on the court and the, the stress, the pressure, you know, doesn't, doesn't get you to do something different or doesn't get you to lock in. Um, you know, like I said, we've got two huge games this week, and the, the pressure is going to be there both Thursday and Saturday, I guarantee you. Yeah, Santa Barbara coming in for senior night. You'll say aloha to Callan Spiller and McKenna Hare, the only two seniors on this team. And great players in Callan. I, I love watching her throughout her career here the last couple of seasons. But you got a lot of talent coming back. Still, like you mentioned, seeding comes up for, for, is up for grabs. Santa Barbara's a team that's right ahead of you in the standing. What are you thinking as far as the, the possibilities or probabilities come Saturday night after the regular season concludes? Well, if, if we've done our numbers right, we're going to need to get some help from Santa Barbara. And if they were to lose on Thursday and we were to beat them Saturday, I believe we would win the tiebreaker and go third. If they win, you know, they win Thursday, I think even if we beat them, it gets really tough. Um, so we need a little help from, from Davis on Thursday night, um, regardless of what happens you know, with us going to say we go 2-0 and at home. Um, I, I think we're looking at third or fourth. And you know, third is probably... A little bit easier path to the championship, but when it comes down to it, you have to beat everyone if you want to be the best. And, you know, last year, if everyone remembers, we played a, you know, eight or ninth seed in Bakersfield, and that game came down to the wire, and mm. that was pretty tense moments for us. So you have to beat everybody. Um, you know, yes, we want the better seed, but I don't actually know what the better seed for this group is right now. We have to show up. We have to play. Rainbow Wahine basketball coach Laura Beeman joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. If you do fall to the fourth seed, it looks like it could be UC Davis. Is that maybe the way it might look right now? Yeah, it could be UC Davis. Then we would get Long Beach in the semifinals if they were to continue to advance. And then if that if everything holds true, then it would be Irvine again in the, in the championship. Um, but that's just that there are no upsets. Everyone has to be playing their best basketball you know, we've got a lot of teams that are low on numbers or have never been in that position. And, again, pressure does weird things to people. And that's the one thing I will say to and about this team is, you know, if we are if we play well enough and we get ourselves back in the semis and the finals, we have a group of young ladies that have been there before. And they know what that feels like. They've experienced it. And, you know, as a coach, you want to dwell and you want to live through that experience a little bit. And hopefully, you know, it prevails if we're in those situations next year or next week. I know with some of the injuries, other players have really shown up and done a really good job. And I think this player has shown up even before the injuries. Melani McBee, McBee for three. Great slogan, which she had five threes <laughs> on Saturday. She looks like she's just getting better and better and more confident every time I watch her. Spot on. Um, and she is an amazing young girl off the court. She's an amazing teammate, never wants the spotlight on her. She is absolutely getting better. Her confidence is you know, rising every single day. Uh, she hit a big, big three in that Irvine game, and when she hit it, immediately through my head went, okay, the confidence that was just instilled in this young lady is not going to go away, um, and it's just going to carry her through the rest of this season, and it's going to, you know, kind of permeate into next year, 
and you know got a big lump in my throat because this young lady was someone who didn't want to shoot the ball, who didn't want those big moments, and she really put us on her back in that Irvine game. Super proud of her for what she did. You have two more years left of her, so that is a good thing. And speaking of two more years left, uh, I mean, when I watched Lily Wahinakapu play, I mean, I know the streak of double-digit games ended on Saturday. She had nine. But just without the numbers, you watch everything she has added to your team. I don't know if you could have hoped for more from her. Mm -mm. That young lady has been spectacular. Um, She has come in and, you know, really tried to evaluate where she fits in. She's not a pushy kid, and, and so it's not like she walked in here and said, hey, I'm the, the Big West freshman of the year. You know, look at me. She walked in and said, what can I do to help? And, you know, what do we need to do to become great teammates? And she has just continued to grow and grow this year. Um, you know, the, the minutes that we've put on her, it is not something I have wanted to do, uh, but she absolutely embraces that challenge. It's nothing new. She got a ton of minutes on her legs last year. Um, but she is just a spectacular player, and with continued development, you know, she has an unbelievable future ahead of her. Can you talk a little bit about the two outgoing seniors, Callan Spiller, we mentioned her, McKenna Hare coming in, uh, both from the Ivy League, and I know they've been really key members of your team these last few years. Tell us, tell our audience what they mean to you and the program. You know, we don't do what we did last year without those two. You know, Amy Atwell was the face of the program and what she did, and then, you know, obviously – you know, her WNBA and professional career, you know, really just kind of took the spotlight. What Callan and McKenna have meant to this program is the glue. You know, they are absolutely and have been the glue to this program to get the locker room in order last year to come in with just very positive, mature leadership, um, a very servant attitude, if you will. You know, they didn't know if they, how much playing time they were going to get. They wanted to win the championship. They knew we had the pieces, and they put everything in motion. Um and I know that is something that just goes unseen by the public, uh, but it is absolutely one of the most crucial parts of a team is your locker room. And for two young women who have been here for a short amount of time, they have completely embraced Hawaii. They love it. They give back. They've been in the community. Um, I just I very, feel very, very fortunate that they chose to transfer um, and that the fit was as good as it was and how they have just represented um, the university and themselves, the program. Uh, just outstanding young women, and I, I hope we get a crowd on Saturday to send them off and to you know, share the aloha with them um, because what they have done is just, again, I don't think we do what we did last year without them. Yeah, fantastic players, great people. Just got to talk to them a little bit on our show last year. Well, first things first, CSUN on Thursday, a team you beat by 16 at CSUN back in January. Hopefully a similar result on Thursday. And then big night on Saturday, senior night at 7 p.m. Coach, best of luck to you this weekend. We'll see you up in Henderson again and hopefully three games coming up there as well. Great. And, Gary, if I can throw out there really quick. Sure. All kids K-12 are free on Saturday night. We have a promotion running to – pack the stand with a bunch of kids and hopefully their parents will come and there's also a promo code that families can use for you know people that aren't in that k through 12 um so if you're listening to this this morning and you've got youngsters boys and girls bring them down to the stand and let them see a remarkable group of girls who have overcome adversity and just who are great leaders in this community um, but we'd like to pack the stand if we can for sure okay hey, coach when, when where do they get that code where can parents get that code do you know it is, on, it is online. It is a running promotion within our ticket office that there's a family package, and so the kids will get in free, and the families can look at that um, at the ticket office, I believe. Um, it is something that is that has always been there, that there's just a family pack. So um, okay. UH ticket office. Okay, gotcha. Thank you, Coach. Good luck. Thanks, Coach. Good luck this week.
Thanks, guys. All right. All Let's right. pack the stand, baby. Kids 12 and under free. How about people with the mentality of 12 and under? Do we get in free, too? Oh, easily. <laughs> we passed right. that. Let's go. Uh, yeah, you can go there. By the way, you, uh, you can hear that game on CBS 1500 coming up on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, let's pack the stand. Let's start a campaign. I mean, we can do anything. Yesterday, I got five more Instagram followers <laughs> yeah. just by begging. So let's, hey, you know what? Every person counts. Get down to the stand. Root on the rainbow wahine. Let's let, let's make big signs and say, wahine kapu for governor. <laughs> Love her. Man, I'm pumped. Yeah, this team has All overcome right. so much. I mean, to be 11-7 and seven in conference with everything they've gone through with the injuries really says a Who lot about Who was the last thing. person that got injured? She mentioned uh, in the beginning, she said somebody got injured. They found out about it on the bus. Avery Watkins, I believe. I don't remember her being injured, so I guess she was the one. That was freshman wow. guard. Man. All right. Well, let's They've had there, more than ladies. their share of injuries, that's for sure. You know what? But that's what sports is all about. This is why, this is why it's important to pack the place and send these guys off in style, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, so that's on Saturday. That's what I'm, yeah. Saturday is what she's talking about, of course. Yes. yes. Okay. It's a 749 with the Sports Animals. Don't forget, Disney Junior Live is coming uh, to town March 17th through 19th at the concert hall. All your favorite, uh, all your kids' favorite Disney friends will be there. Like, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, there's going to be, uh, let's see. There's, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. The, the guys that are going to be there are going to be um, Doc McStuffins. I don't know Doc McStuffins. But anyway, uh, you know, Mickey and Minnie and all of the gang are going to be there. Also, this year for co- the Costume Palooza Tour, they're adding Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends. Get your tickets on sale now, Ticketmaster.com. Hey, we also uh, we also said we we said happy birthday to Mario Andretti, uh, eighty three years old today. Also, happy birthday to Eric Lindros, fifty years old. Uh, he's a hockey player. Not a lot of people celebrate Eric Lindros's birthday, but since I'm here with Gary Dickman, I'll make sure I mention that. He had a lot of concussions himself, but also yesterday oh, yeah? was the 37th birthday of Harrison Kuroda. So happy belated birthday, Harrison. Ah, happy birthday, Harry. Happy birthday, Daddy. Let's see. Uh, what else is going on here? I got a, I got a Life Matters moment oh. from Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union, where life matters. Uh, high school students uh, in Texas raised $200,000 for their school janitor. You see, teenagers aren't all that bad. Students at uh, Callisburg High School uh, discovered their 80-year-old janitor was forced out of retirement because he couldn't pay his rent. It jumped up by $400 a month. Now, the kids started a GoFundMe campaign to raise money for the custodian so he could retire in peace. They were hoping to raise (laughs) $10,000. Well, as of the other day, 
The campaign has surpassed more than $270,000. So he went from surviving in retirement to thriving in retirement thanks to those kids. That's a life matters moment. And it's uh, the uh, slogan of Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union where life matters. Love bringing those up on the air. Yeah, I saw that. That's a fantastic story. Love that. So quickly, All right. too, they got that money it, for him. Yeah. And, hey, it's, it's, it's a great cause. People respond. Yep. Also, you know, that was, a very, that was a big positive. Now I've got a little bit of a negative. And I don't want to end the hour off with a negative. But Kyrie but Irving, I, Kevin Durant? No, it's people from New York City. They're just not, well, they're a brick shy of a full load. We didn't go to Punahou, I guess. You see, New York City's Department of Transportation had a big faux pas. They uh, they were uh, changing the name of one of the roads, Interborough Parkway, and they renamed it Jackie Robinson Parkway. Great gesture. So they, uh, they, they, oh, it was a great gesture, <laughs> great thought. Bad follow-through, bad execution. You see, they, uh, they put up the sign the other day, and... Uh, uh, they misspelled Jackie Robinson's name. Yeah. Oops. Oh, they got they got Parkway right. <laughs> they got Robinson right. They forgot the C, and they put up a sign for Jakey Robinson Parkway. <laughs> I mean, they put that sucker up. Nobody noticed along the way that it was misspelled. Ladies and gentlemen, that explains a lot about Gary Dick. <laughs> you blame me. Uh, I just, uh, give me uh, uh, giving you our time. Uh, I know that was funny. Top stories coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Telephone poles toppling down. Last night, they on the way home, the Poly Highway closed. A tree fell over. We are not used to this wind. It's going to be windy again today with passing showers. Top headlines, uh, really the top story that we woke up with this morning was that the, I guess it was to be expected, but the, the uh, Atlanta Falcons have released Marcus Mariota. More of a cap move uh, from what they're saying than anything else. They were... At one time last year, I believe, $56 million, like over the cap or something that they were heading, I'm, I'm sorry, in the off season. So they got to make room. They're going to clear $12 million on their cap for 2023. And, um, uh, yeah, so they're trying to get – they need to get rid of cap move. Uh, they need to make cap room very, very quickly. Yeah, a lot of teams are making moves. Carson Wentz saves Washington a whole bunch of money. This talk Ezekiel Elliott, Khalil Mack could be next just to save a lot of cap space, and that's wow. the main reason for Marcus Mariota. Maybe they did him a I, favor by doing it earlier as opposed to later. We'll see. Yeah. I, I would I would imagine that uh, Marcus is, uh, you know, he's talking to people. I'm sure his agent's talking to somebody right now. You know, yes. Marcus is still going to be in the league. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I was under the impression that they were going to restructure somehow to keep him. Or was that just 
Jerry speak. I think there's been talk both on both sides of that, that maybe they'll keep him. And I just saw a report early this morning uh, from a site saying that he could be a casualty as well as Khalil Mack. Those are the two big names that could be out there in the next few days. Because their contracts will be guaranteed in the next few days if they're not um, if they're not released. All right, it's a big week in uh, UH Sports again here on the radio coming up tomorrow night at the Stan Sheriff Center. Number seven, Pepperdine. Uh, faces University of Hawaii Warriors. Yeah, we're going up against a top 10 opponent. In fact, it'll be number seven, Pepperdine. So the competition does get stiffer as the competi- as the season progresses. Uh, not to put down some of the other teams, but they were kind of teams that you'd expect to sweep. Uh, anything less than a sweep might have been a little surprising. I mean, the week before, they only won in four. I mean, what was up with that? Remember, we were kind of critical of Charlie Wade. Some of us, one of us, not me, oh, was we calling for a job. We were joking. <laughs> Stop it. All right, the Rainbow Warriors lose a close one. Uh, the baseball team on the road yesterday in San Diego. I had Originally, this game I don't think was going to be a part of that tournament, but it developed into it. So this was actually uh, one of those Tony Gwynn legacy games. Uh, originally, it wasn't because of the weather. They got less games. But anyway, uh, Hawaii loses to San Diego State yesterday 3-2 to two in a thriller. Yeah, tough one. I mean, it's a thriller, but you'd want to win those thrillers. Let's suppose it's a Sunday, which was an easy win in the route over North Dakota State. Uh, they had the bases loaded, ninth inning, one out. You would think they could get the tying run across. The next two batters both struck out after Dallas Duarte got hit by a pitch. Uh, Jared Quant hit one of those singles in the first inning. He's been an early season. I don't know if surprise – I guess surprise is the right way to describe him. He has been on fire, three home runs already, and he was injured all of last year, but just a little short yesterday in san diego yeah hawaii uh, comes back from the road trip then one and two and well they're not coming back from the road trip oh i'm sorry hawaii finishes the, the that tournament at one and two uh they're on the road to go up to minnesota and face the gophers on friday you'll be able to hear that here on espn honolulu congratulations to uh speaking of men's volleyball congratulations to cole hoagland who was named the Big West Defensive Player of the Week, and the Rainbow Wahine softball pitcher, freshman Millie Fidge, is the Big West Freshman of the Week. Uh, she got her first collegiate win uh, this past week, so congratulations, Millie. Thinking of that, it reminded me of last year when Hawaii, I believe, was second place, and I believe it's called the Commissioner's Cup for the Big West of all the sports combined. Hopefully Hawaii can have a chance to get uh, on top of that this year. Volleyball, probably going to win it all. Men's and women's basketball up for the Big West tournament, and uh, we know how Rainbow Wahine Volleyball did earlier this season. Hopefully they can uh, do some damage there and win that Commissioner's Cup. It's a long way to go, though, I know. All righty. Well, today is uh, February 28th. It's the last day of February. Can you believe it? March is here already. I know. It's crazy how this year has gone. It's only two months, but it's gone by rather quickly. It seems like we were just looking at New Year's Eve, and it was two months ago, but it's gone by rather quickly. So much to look forward uh, to in the world of sports, that's why, especially locally. Yeah. Uh, okay, I got something. LeBron James uh, is hurt. We'll get into that coming up in about ten minutes. Kurt Heelan from NBCSports.com on the NBA. But th- this is the time of year where proposed changes in NFL rules uh, come up. So um, there's a handful of proposals. You know, one thing I like, and I don't know where it is, is did you see the, the way the XFL does kickoffs? I saw it. It's okay. So anyway, the players line up basically each at like the, I'll say the 
30-yard line or something like that, maybe five yards apart, ten yards apart, something like that. The kicker kicks. When the runner gets the ball, that's when the blockers start to move. So they're not running full speed down, you know, down the uh, downfield. So that should save a lot of uh, potential injury. I, I like the way they do that. I wouldn't mind seeing the NFL adopt something like that, although the, the NFL never will because they have to be the ones that come up with their own ideas. Right, of course. They don't seem to be able to adopt anything from college or uh, other uh, leagues. But anyway, um, they're looking, the, the NFL Competition Committee is looking at um, some different. Um, different rule changes or to add on have you seen some of these yeah, i know seen, that they're yeah. going through them but um one of them is the proposal to allow teams to try a fourth and 15 play rather than an onside kick i hate that i don't know i think they did i, I think they tabled that one though you don't want to. I, I mean, I know baseball's gone that route with some changes. We can get into that another time. And some people those are, are good. Happy well, they might be. I, I don't like changes. I mean, maybe because I'm old school or I'm just old. But I mean, the product of the NFL, what we're talking about now, I think is a pretty good product. And I know you want to, you know, get safer with some of these rules, like the kickoffs, maybe. But to have something like fourth and fifth, I, I just don't like that. I mean, you're changing the game as we know it, and I don't think that's necessary. What's well, wrong with just keeping that part the way it is? Maybe they tabled it. That's one of the the ones yeah, they tabled. Okay. I was a little, uh, I was all over the place on that one. But one thing they're under consideration is they're um, looking at allowing teams to dress a third quarterback. That I like. Forty Niners, I think it was the Forty Niners that got caught where they didn't have a backup quarterback in a game. Well, they had Josh Johnson as the backup, but he got hurt in the playoff game after. Um, what I'm getting at is they had to use an emergency quarterback. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey yeah. in the playoff game against the Eagles. Right, so that's what I'm talking about is they got caught without a backup quarterback. Uh, so I think the 49ers, I wonder if the, the 49ers were the ones that actually proposed that. That, I think, is a smart rule. I, I don't mind having a third quarter. That's not, that's not changing the game drastically either. So I think that's just a smart move, actually, to do yeah. something like that. It's a no-brainer. But they've done a lot of things to change the game, and they've changed it uh, significantly. With all of the changes to to uh, to you know allowing you know the the defender the five yard rule, all of that, all of the uh, the rules to benefit offensive play and scoring, that changed the game. Look at a game in 1975, and look at a game today. It's a different football game. Now it happened gradually. But it's a different football game today than it was back in 1975. They changed the rules significantly in the NBA to increase scoring. You had a lot of contact back in the day when Michael Jordan played. Nowadays with LeBron James, you can't touch somebody's finger without LeBron James jumping up and down, right? So what I'm getting at is all of these sports evolve. Uh, One of the other plays, though, that they're looking at is, and this has become... This has become something that nobody really said, did anything about, because nobody did it that much. It's the quarterback push play. That's the one. The quarterback push play is what the Philadelphia Eagles, you saw in the Super Bowl, they got that thing down to a science. And because they're so good at it, the NFL is going, oh, wait a minute. That's, you shouldn't be able to do that. I think it's cool. I think it's cool if you can do that. 
I don't know what the what the objection would be. It's not like they found a loophole in cheating. They're just, hey, quarterback's got the ball. I got some other guys. I'm going to push them from behind. Well, you know what? If you're on the defense, have somebody push your defensive lineman from behind. I don't know. I think Matt Leinard and Reggie Bush did that against Notre Dame that last year at USC. But it's almost – it's all, and I, I don't mind that either, but it's almost – like, why can't you have a defender jump over one of his defensive players? Like, would a linebacker might jump over the defender to get up there, yeah. maybe to block? That, that is Troy Palomalu. Yeah, Troy Palomalu is one. that To me, that should be allowed if you're going to almost <laughs> as well. I don't think that should be that controversial, but I, I don't like major changes. And if you're gonna, I mean, this, the extra point got moved back. I didn't like it at first, and like any other rule change, we get used to it. You yeah. know, but but it, now it's not automatic, so in a way that makes it good. You know, because there were too many automatic extra points for most teams, at least. Anyway, I, right. I, I, just, I don't want to. I don't want to change the game as we know. To make the rules that you talked about evolving from seventy-five are mostly to make the higher scoring, which I think most yes. people like, and to make it also yeah. safer. Yeah, and the well, I don't know how safe is football now. You know, now as compared, there's more concussions now than there ever was. Well, probably because after they're down, they're de- they're, de- they're detecting them more. Um, the. The rule changes in baseball, I've heard, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I've heard nothing but positive um, feedback from all the show hosts on ESPN Honolulu throughout the day. They, they really like all of these baseball players, non-baseball players. They've done to speed up that game, to make a game go from, say, three hours to two and a half hours, I can't find anybody that complains against it. Spring training games have been cut by 20 minutes on average. It's only been about a, not even a week yet, but, yes, they have been shorter. Um, I, I don't want to see a game decided, and there was a game decided, I believe, yesterday. It was only exhibition because the guy didn't, wasn't in the batter's box in time, so the game ended on a called strike that wasn't even a pitch thrown. And yeah. I don't want to see that happen. Well, then they're going to have to get ready. They're going to have to learn the, the rules. True. They yeah. have to get used to it, and that's why they're implementing it. And some of the stars have been uh, uh, nipped on that already. Manny Machado, first day. But Manny Machado, it would behoove you. And these guys, I mean, uh, uh, who is it, Max Scherzer's? Like, I love it. I love these rules. Gives yeah. me all the power in the world. The, uh, you know, so for these, if your game, look, what you're trying to do is get the attention span of young people. And they're not going to sit through a three-hour football game. It's why college football is trying to make their game shorter. People don't want to sit through a three-hour football game or baseball game. They don't want to sit for three hours. Heck, I can't sit. It's hard for me to watch an entire football game. Sitting there, beautiful sky. I live in Hawaii. A tea time is available. No, I'm going to sit in front of my television. That sounds like fun. But you're right. You're right. You're right. So anyway, baseball, that's, though, what they're, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to grow the sport, and they're not going to. They can't grow it unless they get some. Uh, you know, they, they speed these things up. Yeah. It's just the world we live in. You know, back in the day, you know, it was it was. Uh, you know, we didn't have convenience stores. You didn't have as many drive-through options back in the day. People actually cooked dinner. 24-hour stores, that never happened. I mean, stores were closed on Sundays when I was growing up. Right. I mean, it was a big re- it was a big revelation when, hey, you know what? I remember when they invented Hamburger Helper. Whoa, they <laughs> cut some corners there. I liked Hamburger Helper. Oh, who doesn't, huh? <laughs> Gosh. 
Coming up on ESPN Honolulu, LeBron James is hurt, might be out several weeks with that foot injury. Kurt Heelan on this and more in the NBA coming up on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. The NBA in the home stretch of the regular season, a lot of storylines, and the big news, I guess, is about LeBron James and the injury from Sunday. How long might he be out? Well, we'll find out more now as we are joined here on ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia Hotline. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor at NBCSports.com. Back with us, Kurt Heelan. Kurt, great to have you on again. What is the latest with LeBron James and that ankle injury? Uh, yeah, it's, it's more of a foot. Uh, he, I know... Um that he has seen a foot specialist here in Los Angeles. And it looks like he's, look, they're going to reevaluate him in two weeks, which probably means three weeks minimum um, before he's back, about, which is about half of the remaining season. They've got about 21 games. Honestly, if he's back at 10 or fewer, that's as good as it's going to get probably for the Lakers. And that's bad news for a team that's you know still sitting in 12th and has really struggled with him off the floor this year. Yeah, I thought they were going to make a playoff run because I think the last time we had you on, you pointed out that they were only about like five or six games out of like fifth or sixth place, and they still are pretty close because the fourth seed right now is Phoenix, and they're only three and a half ahead of the Lakers. But without LeBron, I know they made some moves at the trade deadline. It doesn't really look good for the Lakers right now, does it? No, it does. I mean – Honestly, I didn't think they were going to climb into the top six anyway when you thought about who they had to beat. They had to get past the Clippers, who are obviously deep and good, or Phoenix or Dallas, two teams. Dallas has stumbled a little, but like two teams that made major additions at the deadline. So it was unlikely they were going to climb that far. But they, a playoff spot seemed way more likely. And now that, that look, just making the play-in now seems like a challenge. If they don't find a way... They're going to need Anthony Davis to be brilliant. They're going to need D'Angelo Russell to come back quickly from his ankle issue and, frankly, play more like a playmaker than he did in Minnesota and hope that the talent they've got on the roster is enough to, to hang in. When you look at the standings right now, let's assume the Lakers aren't going to be in the top ten and then play in tournament. Who is going to be left out? Who gets in? I mean, I think I see New Orleans that has been five and fifteen over their last twenty yeah, games. Really... No Zion, that's incredible. And I see Portland with Dame Lillard doing what he's doing. They should be a playoff team. But who do you think's in? Who do you think might be out at the bottom there? Yeah, Portland's really slipping. I mean, Portland. Uh, New Orleans is really slipping, and it's not. Um... It's not just missing Zion. Like, their defense hasn't been right. Uh, Brandon Ingram hasn't kind of taken over the way they've needed consistently since they've come back. I mean, they, they had everything clicking earlier in the season, and it just has kind of seemed to come apart. And Zion's the, I don't want to say the glue, but he is the guy who can, on any given night, just go win you a game, right? Like, and, and Brandon Ingram just hasn't done that for them. Uh, CJ can do it a little, CJ McCollum, but... Zion is, you know, it's funny. We, I was talking to a guy and uh, another player at uh, um, at the All Star break, and we were talking about guys that are tough to guard. And he's like, yeah, I didn't really guard him, but Zion's impossible. Like he's so <laughs> strong and so athletic. Like it was, it was just kind of like wide eyed. Like I don't know quite what you do with him, and just not having that in the lineup has really set them back. I think they're a team on the rise, but I think that they're a couple years away. 
One of the things when I look at Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who eventually will play for Phoenix, maybe this week we'll find out, but the fact that they get traded at this stage of the season, you don't have a lot of practice time, and we see what Dallas has done or not done, including Sunday's incredible loss, being up by 27. I wonder if they're going to be reaching their potential without enough time to get the chemistry down with their new teams. I, I think you hit it on the head here. It's, in Dallas, it's more of a tryout. This is everybody seeing if it works for them. Um, if it doesn't, Kyrie Irving can be on the move, and Dallas is kind of okay with that because anywhere he wants to go will be a sign-and-trade. So they will get players back. They can make a deal that works for them. There's not a um, – the teams with cap space like Orlando and, and San Antonio are just not places Kyrie Irving is going to be looking to go at this stage in his career. So uh, whether it's the Lakers or somebody else, it would end up being a sign-and-trade somewhere he wants to be and they'll get something back so we'll see how that relationship works out it's really too early but they've been up and down their offense has been good but they don't defend anybody and they've got uh, you know i think the 27 point get lost in the lake you know come back come from ahead lost the lakers showed a lot of their issues phoenix we'll see i think you hit the i think that's the team that has the potential to be frankly to win the west like kevin durant gives you that much with on top of an already pretty good team if everybody buys in, but that's kind of the million dollar question, isn't it? It's you're talking about, Hey, I think this is the big one. Is Deandre Ayton going to be happy, like losing post touches, being asked to set picks and roll to the rim and do some defending and rebounding and have less of an offensive role. Is he going to get snippy and pouty and, and not play to that potential? Like there's a few questions like that around the team, although he's the biggest one. And, and we'll see. We'll find out how this goes because they just, like you said, they just don't have a, they don't have great defense on personnel. They don't have a lot of time to build chemistry. We're talking NBA with Kurt Heelan from NBCSports.com. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor as he joins us here via the Aloha Kia hotline on ESPN Honolulu. We're almost in March, and I don't think I've ever asked a positive question at this time of the year about the New York Knicks. But they have won six in a row. Jalen Brunson has been better than they had hoped for, I think. Julius Randle, an all-star again. they got something going right now. Are they a team that can maybe win a round or more in the playoffs? I don't know about that. I, I'm not. I'm just not sold. It's possible. The thing is, it's possible. They're probably going to be the five seed. When you think about it, right now the six seed is Brooklyn, who obviously stripped their team down, and and they've got some nice role. Play. They got a they got a bunch of nice players, but they're not climbing up. Um, and then it's Miami's inconsistent. They're a few games back, and then it's you know Atlanta, who's not that great. Who's not you know certainly not been consistent. They get a new coach, but that's not going to change anything mid season. I think they're the five seed, and if they can get Cleveland, I think you have a chance. I think Cleveland is the one. They just they just don't have experience. Again, I think they're going to be very good in a couple of years, but Mobley hasn't been there. As a group, this team hasn't been there. I think they're going to learn some things in the playoffs. We'll see. Um, but that said, part of what the Knicks are doing right now, look, it's all come together. But part of this is what always is the problem with Thibodeau teams, which is, they, play, they just play harder than you. They defend hard. They play harder during the regular season. Then it gets to the playoffs, and, hey, everybody plays hard. And suddenly they don't have that other gear, right? Like, they just mm. – they, they don't sometimes have the – they did a little bit with a couple of his teams in Chicago, but they just really don't – when you go that hard all the time, there's not, like, an easy flip switch to flip. Like, all right, now we've got to really crank it up and be serious every possession because they've kind of been doing that. 
How rare, I mean, it was rare. Last night I saw that it was the first time this season in the NBA with more than one game played that there was not a 30-point score. We've seen a lot. We've seen 71-point scores a few times this year, including last weekend. But how crazy is that, that it was the only time without a 30-point play, uh, player? It's, I think it just speaks to the increase in scoring in the league, doesn't it? Like, it's just yeah. the way the game has sh- the way the game has evolved in terms of players looking for efficient shots, and part of that is the mathematical driven, um, the, the quantum, you know, the the advanced statistics and, and math driven systems are more like, hey, if we've got this player playing really well, let's give him the ball more. You know, crazy ideas like that. That suddenly just it, it, you see not only more scoring in general, but hey, if if James Harden is hot. Let's give the ball to James Harden a lot, right? Like, it's, it, you know, just let's play smart and go after mismatches, and I think they're just attacking more that way. And so you get these high-scoring games. It is a little – it is kind of crazy, though, to think that there's been a 30-point score every night. Yes, yeah, it's been a fun season. I like the offense more than the defense, but it has been kind of cool. I, I, I have two answers to this question. I want to see what you say as far as a team in the league right now that people should be talking more of, especially come playoff time. Ooh. Um, first up, do we sleep on Denver a little? I guess that it was kind of like, even though they're the number one seed, we talk about, hey, the Warriors are coming. And what about if the Clippers get it together? And right. Denver is like, they're the number one seed for a reason, and they are very good. Um, but I'm trying to, let me run through. I'm trying to run through in the West. Um, I don't think Sacramento's there. Memphis, yeah, I'm not sold. Clippers, I'm not sold. Yeah, I'm not sure. And then the East. I'm not sure anybody outside the top three really can challenge in the East. I just think Philly's on the border. I think Milwaukee and Boston are the two best teams in the league. So who are you thinking of? Well, I was thinking of the Clippers, partly because of Russell Westbrook, partly because they're healthy right now, and they're playing better. They're starting to win. And Sacramento, not that they're going to do damage in the playoff necessarily, but nobody's realizing they're 10 games over 500 for a team that hasn't made the playoffs since Chris Webber. They are going to get the three seed, too. And when you look at how things are going to shake out, unless they fall apart, they are pretty much going to host a first-round playoff series, which is for a team that, like you said, the last time they made the playoffs, there was a bush in the White House. Like, it's been (laughs) that long. Um, It's kind of insane. And they're going to... Look, I don't, like I said, I just don't think they play enough defense. Uh, what I'm really rooting for, in all honesty, is a Dallas-Sacramento first-round series where nobody plays any defense and scores <laughs> like 150, 150, and it's just entertaining as heck. Um, but I don't, I, I don't think they're built for the postseason, but that wasn't the plan. The plan was to get to the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. And by the way, you're spot on. They're just fun. They're just, right. they, they are a fun team to watch. They share the ball um, – DeMontis Sabonis is kind of a Jokic light in a way, the way he moves the ball and plays his style of game. And De'Aaron Fox has been fantastic and is probably going to win Clutch Player of the Year. He's just been phenomenal. He's a team that just keeps winning close games and winning in overtime. And they're, they're entertaining. They are fun to watch. Yeah, that game against the Clippers on Friday night, it was definitely trending on Twitter. Uh, everybody talking about pay attention to that game, the 176-175 game. Yeah. Well, well, like you just mentioned earlier, only about 20 games left in the regular season. We are in the home stretch. Should be a fun last month of the season, then playoff time right around the corner as well. Kurt, thanks for talking with us about the NBA. I'm sure we'll do it again before the playoffs start. I look forward to it, man. Take care. All right. Thank you so much. Kurt Heelan from NBCSports.com. He's the lead NBA writer and managing editor. 
giving us some more uh, talk about the, what's going on on giving and us off the court. Giving us some more talk about uh, the what's NBA going on and off the court. On ESPN Honolulu via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Yes. <laughs> so I was wondering, uh, see, Gary the way Gary wakes up in the morning and he goes Most to people do wake up in the morning. Well, you up until July, you didn't wake up in the morning. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Gary always wears a different T-shirt jersey. So today he's wearing his Julius Randle T-shirt jersey. And I didn't know why. I thought he actually picked a random shirt, but you wore it because he had a good game last night. No, I don't even know what he scored last night. Um, ah, no, I don't. I don't. Sure. I forget. I, so, I just, Sometimes I'll just wear shirts I haven't worn in a long time. I haven't worn this in a yeah, yeah. very long time. I, I tease Gary off the air every morning because I say, what T-shirt jersey are you wearing today? It's not always a jersey, but it's always an interesting one. Usually okay, it's a jersey. Let's... Usually. All right. Uh, as mentioned uh, the last couple of days, we are giving away – uh, Rainbow Warrior volleyball tickets. If you'd like to score them, be caller number two right now at 808-296-1420, and you'll win a pair of tickets to uh, tomorrow's match between Hawaii and Pepperdine. Uh, these tickets are courtesy of Metagold Dairies, the official milk partner of University of Hawaii Athletics. We'll get a winner, and uh, go to your texts coming up next on ESPN Honolulu. Last night I dreamt I was returning And my heart called out to you But I fear you won't be like I left you Make aloha Congratulations to Brian from Kaka'ako. He was the second caller. Got more tickets as the day goes on to give away here uh, to Rainbow Warrior Volleyball. This is, again, for tomorrow night at Simplify Arena at the Stan Sheriff Center. Uh, mahalo to Metagold Dairies, the official milk partner of the University of Hawaii Athletics. Okay, let's go to uh, folks have been texting in at 808-296-1420. And uh, this is from, uh, let's see, Gary, when will the UH-UCI basketball game be replayed? I doubt it will. Now, it was on ESPN, too, and I even checked that night to see if they were going to replay it. Sometimes they'll replay college basketball games late at night, and there were a couple, but it was like you know, Power 5 conferences. The fact that it, if it was replayed, it would have been Sunday or Monday. They're not going to play a game from last Saturday like tonight. They don't usually do that, so I would say... Not at all. You might be able to go to ESPN Plus and see if it's out there. Like the ones that are on ESPN Plus, oh. you can catch later on. Uh huh. So you might be able to check that out. That's the only recommendation I would have to go to the ESPN.com and their ESPN. Any Plus chance? Part. Any chance it's on YouTube from somebody? It could be. Any I'm, chance you know. the BigWest.org? No, Big it's not West a Big West game. Have any, yeah. No, it's an gotcha. ESPN game. Well, I mean, it's a Big West conference game, but I thought that they could. Might. Anyway, just trying to help. Uh, let's see. A lot of um, texts about. Oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Here's what Marcus Mariota. The question is: Will Marcus Mariota fit in Seattle? Uh, real quick, Ben, our Ben Benjamin, our correspondent, said the UCI Hawaii game is on ESPN Plus, so you can check that out. 
Okay, thank you. Sorry. Uh, is Marcus Mariota a good fit for Seattle? <sighs> Probably. I think he'd be a good fit for a lot of teams. Unfortunately, it's going to be as a backup, but I would think he'd be a good fit there, yeah. you got a better offensive line. you got some good receivers. I had mentioned that Marcus Mariota is uh, probably the first starting quarterback from Hawaii. Uh, somebody else said that Blaine Geisen played quarterback, and I said, I don't know. Uh, but they said Blaine Geisen played – and this is an old story. I, I, this is a great story. I don't know where I saw it. Maybe somewhere – uh, published by University of Hawaii. But Blaine Geisen played quarterback against Arizona State, and UH won the game. I think that was the one where, like, Dick Tomey was, like, at halftime, he's like, oh, you quarterbacks aren't that good, and Blaine Geisen played. Does that vaguely sound familiar? Not to me. I'm, I wasn't aware of that, but you, you could be right. I wasn't sure. No, I know I'm right. I'm just trying to think of what game it was, and it oh. wasn't at halftime when he played quarterback. Uh, Blaine Geisen took reps at quarterback for the Falcons in practice, only as injuries to the quarterbacks made it necessary to have an emergency quarterback ready, it was short-lived. Okay, thank you for that. And, oh, here's somebody. We're talking about Marcus Mariota this morning. How about Mariota to the Texans? You could join the kicker there. Uh, talking about Kaimi Fairbairn. Yeah. Uh, and teach the new QB. Huh? To the Texans, what do you say? Well, what do you do with Davis Mills? Are you just going to get rid of him? I mean, he's been okay. With <laughs> yes. Him. Well, he yes. Has, I don't think he's the reason they're, they're Davis so bad. Mills was horrible. The, the Texans are going to draft a quarterback. They are going to draft a quarterback. I'm saying maybe they keep Davis Mills as the backup. Oh, I see what you're saying. Nah. Because <laughs> he's not from Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good enough okay, reason. Okay, here's one. What do you think about Marcus Mariota as a backup to Justin Fields on the Bears? They're both, oh, they're both similar in their style. That's a thought because of the similar style. Mm. They both throw interceptions. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> because of their similar style, running and stuff like that, it's like Justin Fields goes down. If Marcus has got to spell the quarterback, you're not changing the game plan. That makes sense, doesn't it? That does. But they I don't like have a great text. offensive line. I'm not sure. But, again, the running part, Justin Fields excelled in that, so maybe that would make sense, yeah. though, yeah. Olin Krutz is not walking through the door, but they're getting better. They're working on that. Uh, PJ in Phoenix is a local boy out in Phoenix. Thank you for listening, PJ. He says, I was living in Nashville, a season ticket holder, and huge Titan fan in 2018 and 19 when he, meaning Marcus, got benched in uh, 2019. It was really, really tough to see, but obviously was the right move. The Nashville people really embraced him and was well-loved. How about Marcus Mariota going back? And this is the text is Powell. This is me. <laughs> Hi, me again. How about Marcus Mariota back to the Texans? The, the Titans? I mean, the uh, Titans. Titans. The Titans. Um, if you got rid of him, why would you want him back? New, new GM, but same uh, I'm coach. talking. Yeah, and I'm talking about a backup quarterback. But he was the backup to Tannehill. You mean Tannehill? Him, too. Yeah, okay, Take a, a, a dumb thought. Okay, I was thinking out loud. Now I'm back. Another Here's another text. Thanks, Keanu. Another great spot for Mariota would be the Giants. Daniel Jones and he are similar, and Brian Daybill is a great offensive coach who makes QBs better. Josh Allen regressed this year without Daybill. I don't know about Josh Allen. I mean, he still had a great year. I don't know what he finished in the MVP, but I think he was a finalist, wasn't he? I'm not sure. 
Uh, he goes on to say, if Jones fails to improve or gets hurt, the offense is tailor-made for Mariota's skill set. Didn't they have Tyrod Taylor as their backup, if I'm not mistaken? Last year? <laughs> it wasn't a bad backup. We move on. Tyrod Taylor is not going to drive you down the field to win a football game in the closing two minutes. I think Marcus Mariota still can do that. I really do. Mm. Yeah. Uh, didn't Aaron Rodgers lick the toad glands finding your you euphoric euphoric. heights? Mm. Sorry, euphoric heights. I can't say that word. Uh, we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and all the weird stuff he does in the offseason. He's a me guy. I don't know. Did he lick toad glands? Oh, that's so not. gross. Somebody holds out a toad, you're all, oh, slurp, slurp. <laughs> uh, here, we're talking about Marcus and the difference in the Titans after Marcus left and when he was there the last couple of years. And this texter says, yes, Tannehill won, but he's still the same thing he was in Miami. He would throw the pick in a critical situation. He's definitely not an upgrade from Marcus. Now, the texture goes on to say, Garrett's, Gary said, Garrett Wilson, Michael Thomas, and Olave. Thomas and Olave play for the Saints. They do? Do your homework, Gary. LOL. He means Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, who are better than anyone in California. I was and saying Carolina. that Carr had a chance to go to Carolina. the Saints or the Jets. Carolina. And he went, that there were better receivers with both of those teams, and I named the receivers from both of those teams. I didn't think Michael Thomas and Olave played for the Jets. You might have left a couple of words Chris out. I'm not Chris Hart. You might have left a couple of words out. Not. Earlier you said you were a hoe instead of a homer. <laughs> no, you said that. Uh, somebody texted in here, thanks for the interview with Coach Beeman. Yes, this team has been through a lot this season with injuries and tough losses, but they keep coming out after game after game and give their best. Hope the fans show up for the last two games this week to support the team, and especially Callen and McKenna. Go Bows! Yeah, let's get pack the stand. You've got all kinds of ticket specials on Saturday. Kids 12 and under are free. All the details at the ticket office. I'm sure they've got something at hawaiiathletics.com for that. Hey, folks, Disney Junior Live on Tour is coming March 17th, 18th, and 19th at the Concert Hall. Uh, all your kids' favorite Disney friends will be there, Mickey and Minnie and a bunch of people I haven't heard of. Plus, Marvel's Spidey and his amazing friends this year. Tickets are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Back with the animals on ESPN Honolulu. Happy uh, Taco Tuesday. Hey, it's Taco Tuesday at Dixie Grill. Uh, Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack Taco Tuesday because they'll tuck anything into a tortilla. <laughs> it's kind of a play on Taco Tuesday. Anyway, uh, joining us right now, because I wanted to find out about this, there's something called Blood Bank Madness coming up. Justin Martin is uh, with the Blood Bank of Hawaii, and he joins us now on the Aloha Kia Hotline. Justin, how's it? Aloha. Thanks for having me on. Hey, first of all, can you tell everybody what Blood Bank Madness is? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, next week, actually, we're kicking off um, what we call Blood Bank Madness. 
with nine other blood centers across the nation. So this is the second annual uh, Blood Bank Madness. We, um, we actually kick-started this last year. So the attempt is to rally communities across um, you know, all the states to, to kind of um, get that rivalry and compete against each other, but ultimately bring in blood. So the way it works is we, because um, this is March 6th through 12th is week one, is, is like uh-huh. round one. And mm-hmm. so um, you look at that same week a year ago, and then that's your, your baseline for collections. All the blood centers do that. Whoever has, you know, increases the more or decreases less, uh, mm-hmm. moves on to the next round. So you kind of compete against yourself like track and field in one way, but it's really like the, uh, more like the NCAA March Madness tournament because it's a, it's a head-to-head uh-huh. move on. And there's, there's three different rounds, and we want to win the whole thing this year. All right. How, how did we do last year? We lost in the first round. <laughs> oh, we you were like that. you were like upset. Duke. You were like Duke. It was you know losing a couple of years ago to whoever that was. Okay, folks. Yeah, exactly we definitely right. and, and and we don't want to move on by having the least decrease either. So, right. Justin, right. tell folks why uh, Blood Bank of Hawaii is so important to our community, please. Yeah, no worries. So we. Um, supply all the 18 civilian hospitals with their blood. We're the, only, we're the only ones that do that across the state. So we need about 150 to 200 people every day to make that happen. Um, and so if these hospitals have this steady state of blood coming in, this is for our friends, our neighbors, people who are having maybe surgeries, uh, treated for cancer, emergency traumas. The need is definitely significant. Um, and so our mission is just to provide a safe and adequate supply for all um, of blood to all of, of Hawaii. So it's, it, if you've never donated before, it's easy. It only takes about an hour, and you can save up to three lives every time you do it. Wow, uh, just an hour of your time, and I think you, you get like a cookie and a Gatorade, don't you? <laughs> at, at least, yeah. <laughs> we have a little uh, area for snacks afterwards, and we encourage because you just gave blood. So right. it's practical as well. Yeah, and it's it's cool because there's so many convenient locations as well. I'll give those to you uh, afterwards, or maybe you can share with folks in a second. But sure. I hear uh, right now for the uh, for the blood bank madness, you guys are giving away prizes. We are. So you know, we thought about what happened last year, how we lost in the first round. How do we keep people incentivized throughout the entire tournament? So what we did was we um, put together a raffle. So anybody who donates. Um, during the entire tournament, whether Blood Bank of Hawaii is still in it or not. So that's going to be from March 6th through April 2nd. That's the weekend before the NCAA tournament, by the way. The hey, Justin, game. can I jump so in March- here? Can I jump in here for yeah. one second? Is yeah. he garbled, uh, Gary, or is it just me? He's garbled? Try and move your, if you're on your cell phone, move move, move your head to the left or something. Sure. Is this better? Oh, that's much yes. better. Okay, so for don- oh, people who that. donate... That's okay. People who donate between March 6th and April 2nd, you were saying? Yeah, so we've got a raffle. So we're giving away a, a prize package of two UH uh, Manoa's men's basketball season tickets for next year. That's the 2023-2024 season. Along mm-hmm. with those two tickets, uh, we've got a couple UH Manoa t-shirts and an autographed ball from this year's team. Um, so that's really cool. So it's a little package. We're hoping to incentivize people whether or not Blood Bank of Hawaii is still in the tournament or not. So if you donate from March 6th 
which is my birthday, by the way, until April second, <laughs> the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you. The weekend before um, the the big the big game, then um, you're eligible for that raffle. We're pretty excited about it, and we're so thankful for UH Manoa's support. All right, way to go! Thank you, University of Hawaii. You hear that, uh, Donna Mercado Kim? Huh? See what the UH is doing. <laughs> Good things. Oh, we won't get political. All right, uh, let's make sure everyone knows how to get into this. How do they? Uh, how do they register to donate? So you can go online, bbh.org, can't forget that. And then um, you can also call us, 848-4770. Um, as you mentioned before, we got five locations. Um, we're at Young Street, Dillingham, Waikele Center, Windward Mall, Lake Commons. Those last three, we just have bloodmobiles out there, so you can, you can stop by. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Lifesaver Clubs. That's what we call these groups that have agreed to, they kind of have a code so you can donate on their behalf. That's typically like workplaces or schools or clubs. So maybe ask around and maybe your place of employment already has a Lifesaver um, club and you can donate on their behalf as well. We're on social media at Blood Bank Hawaii, um, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check us out. All right. So once again, on social media at Blood Bank Hawaii, tag, share, tag, share, tag, share, spread the word folks. It's Blood Bank Madness. Let's get past the first round this year. We can do it. Let's go, team. Absolutely. Awesome. Justin, thank you very much. Uh, Happy birthday in advance, and we'll check up on you in a little while. Thank you. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. That's Justin Martin from the Blood Bank of Hawaii. He appears via the Aloha Kia hotline. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Sounds like some pretty good stuff you can get there. Season tickets for UH basketball should be a lot of fun right there and for a great cause as well. Uh, you know, we talked yeah. about March Madness and for the Big West College basketball. Uh, the tournaments start a week from today, actually, in Henderson, Nevada. A couple of leagues have already started already, so technically March Madness has started in February. I know the Atlantic mm-hmm. Sun was one of the conferences that started. So for the next several weeks, Selection Sunday, two weeks away from this Sunday, is right around the corner. Every day just gets better and better. You know how I always say it? My favorite time of the year. <laughs> and it's like Christmas Eve every night. Yeah. I mean, people listen. They turn on the radio and they go, you know, I, I wonder what Gary Dickman's favorite time of the year is. I get that question almost every other day. <laughs> people stop you on the street often and say, Gary, what time's your favorite time of the yeah. year? <laughs> Oh, good fun today. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Gary and Tanner, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. This is ESPN Honolulu.